The Bartender Ramp Podcast is powered by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for commercial and residential projects, roadside assistance, or personal recreation. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerbox.com. CIC Powerbox, wherever you go, go with power. Welcome to the Bartender Rant Podcast. I am your host, Steve Haley, and I am exhilarated. It has been too long since we have brought you an amazing episode of this show, and I am happy to be back. There is fresh, tasty food sizzling in the background. I'm not sure if you want for listeners can hear that, but the lady is cooking up a storm in the kitchen, and it smells delicious. Uh, I've got my nice big pilsner in hand, and I'm staring down the one, the only, the most cherubic podcast host that has ever graced your ears and these airwaves. That's right. It is that beautiful, 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 rosy cheeked bastard, Michael Windsor. How are hey. you? Hi, Steve. It's good to see you. That is a less enthusiastic entrance by you by the episode. And I'm sorry. No, it's okay. After our last episode, we needed to mend fences. Uh, rekindle our love our, our steve and i almost broke up <laughs> yeah i mean it was it was tough there you know you know that a male relationship is on the brink when you're just trading angry and and lengthy emails with each other you know at one point i was trying to get a hold of mike and he was like no go and read my email first <laughs> I want you got- to. I want you. I want you to have to. Li- I want you to really think about everything I'm feeling before we speak to each other. It, I just know myself, and I just knew that having a conversation at that point in time was not going to be good for either of us. So you know what? I actually think that's a sign that you're maturing. I don't know what it is as a sign for me. I think it's just my general competitive and pettiness that was like, "All right, did you Let's write me? Did you write me a ten-page email? Guess what? You're getting back <laughs> an eleven-pager, <laughs> bitch. Let's go." But, All right, um, anyway, no. so we didn't break uh, up. So Yeah, we didn't break up. We're here again. We have a fantastic episode for you. And really, <laughs> I don't want to waste any time. Uh, as Shakespeare said, much to do about nothing. Uh, or much ado about nothing. Um, we have an incredible guest today. So I'm going to ask Mike just very quickly, what's new, buddy? Yeah, so um, maybe on the last episode uh, that you heard, uh, you, you found that maybe the audio levels were a bit better and maybe you could turn it on in your car without blowing out your speakers or listen in your headphones without turning it all the way up and you were wondering to yourself did he do it did mike finally take the time to learn the audio systems and figure this shit out and the answer to that is no uh a wonderful listener by the name of stefan out of california out of la reached out to us he's a fan of the show has been listening for a long time and uh he he knows a bit about audio engineering so he has been helping us out and uh, Stefan, we can't tell you how much we appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, he has helped me more uh, understand the audio stuff in a one-hour Zoom call more than I have in the, in the last two years of trying to do this. So yeah, and truly, truly appreciate that. Absolutely, Stefan. Thank you so much. But an important disclaimer, if there are any audio er- errors 
in this episode or any moving forward, don't blame Stefan. It's still our, those are, oh, our there's going to, there's going to be, air, there's still going to yeah. be bad audio. The don't, progress, I'm not, <laughs> the progress is thanks to Stefan. The mistakes are thanks to us. Um, yeah, but Stefan, he actually remastered Kim and Cha's episode. Uh, so hopefully the audio is better. We're yeah. going to keep trying to get better at it. So I uh, just wanted to thank Stefan. And uh, yeah, if you're a listener well, and you want to get involved with the show at all, you know, anything, if you're an artist, if you're any kind of a creator, anything just reach out to us you know we're you know we'd we're be happy to, this to work wacky, with anybody crazy that... community of barflies one crazy person at a time mike just quickly before we move on please tell the people what motivated stefan to finally contact yeah so he reached out was asking if we were still looking for audio help and i was like oh are, have our prayers been answered and he's like honestly man i'm just tired of blowing my car speakers out when i listen to your podcast <laughs> so <laughs> what, what was the motto uh, if you fail long enough somebody just might help you yeah it's a life lesson here <laughs> Really, for Stefan, I, I assume this was self-preservation, or at least the mm. preservation of his hearing. To you know, if he's going to continue to listen to the show, to try to help us a little bit. But so um, appreciate that. So so glad that we were able to share that with you guys. I thought that was a a funny story, but a ton of you know, just another amazing representation of how this community supports each other and and how we are really kind of growing something here grassroots. Um, on that note, Michael, thank you, thank you to all you listeners out there. From the Steffens to the people that have listened to this show one time. You guys are the reason we do this. We thank you. We love you. And we are going to keep forging ahead and creating great content for you. Um, you guys are our motivation. So if you love the show, you want to get more involved, please listen at the end of the episode. And in the outro, we're going to have a ton of information of how you can get more engaged with the show um, and, uh, and with this wonderful community. Lastly, before we get into this incredible episode, as always, we have a uh, just a quick disclaimer for you guys. This uh, business, the restaurant business, the tips industry, the service industry, it weighs on your mental health. If you are struggling with substance abuse, depression, mental health, and, and your job, especially in this business, is wearing you down, please reach out. Okay, Mike and I are not professional counselors, but we would love to be somebody that can listen, shoot us an email, shoot us a DM. We've been through a lot of this stuff and we understand how self-medication can really be a major factor in dealing with everything we deal with in this business. So please reach out. We would love to just chat with you, talk with you. Um, and if you need some professional help, do not hesitate to reach out to those resources. At the end of every episode, Mike is going to put uh, uh, the uh, some mental health resources at the end of the outro. If you are struggling, do not hesitate. Reach out. Make sure you're taking care of yourself um, because that's the only way you can come back and hang out with us and do this crazy show and enjoy that this should crazy be your, show. Yeah, that's your main goal. Just keep coming yes, back and listening 100%. to this podcast. We, we, like to have fun. <laughs> we like to have fun, but we can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So um, Mike always says the world is a more interesting place with you in, and that's very true. So um, please utilize those resources if you guys are struggling. Um, all right. I don't think there's much more to say. The BRP is back with an incredible guest. We have Robert Yarber and the Blovays cocktail today. And I can't wait to get into all of Robert's amazing travels and stories and bar experience. So here we go. Rob, welcome to the show, my friend. 
Hey, you, what it do? It's your boy, Rob Does It All. How's it going? <laughs> I love how smooth that intro is right there for you. After the 45 minutes of mic, camera, and audio issues we just had, and I, I probably yeah. shouldn't be taking people behind the curtain like this, but, man, you've been a trooper uh, to even stick with it and do the actual episode, and then you deliver. The second that the lights and the camera comes on, he's got his intro loaded up. I love how smooth that was. Yeah, that was up. How are you guys doing? We're great, good. Man. Thanks for joining us. How how how'd the egg go? Is the egg salvaged? Bam! I got it right here. There Perfect. it is. Flawless. I'm gonna cook up that yolk too. It's gonna be a one yolk scramble. You, you strike <laughs> me, and now now we're gonna obviously get into a lot of your background. But you know, I was introduced to you, uh, Rob, by the YouTube video that kind of intros you as you know, Rob does it all, the bartender in Spitsbergen, Norway. Oh. You know, at the tip top of the world, um, making these beautiful craft cocktails in this little seaside bar up in the mountains and in the snow. And I and and it was weird uh, when I first saw that video, I was like, this guy decided to come on our show. He's like he seems like a, like a like a real media professional. This is a legit video. I was just so impressed. But I'm starting to get the sense that you uh, perform your best when you're under a little bit of pressure. When other, when everything's going haywire, that's when you seem to, when it, like turn it on. Am I wrong about that? I mean, you know, some people crack under pressure. Some people thrive under it. I just yeah. like to be me. You know, yeah. uh, sometimes it's just like that. It comes natural. Right. Yeah, it comes yeah, natural. Yeah. Yeah, well, I like that's to all. Thank my mom, my dad, God. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're yeah. already starting to step into the role. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> despite the flashing lights and the broken uh, audio equipment, we're going to do this show uh, whether the, the podcast gods like it or not. Um, Rob, first, before we get into anything, what is the big mo motivation for coming on with us? I think everybody's a little bit different, but why did you say yes to do this crazy show? Oh, well, you know, uh, I'd say I had a life change maybe – seven years ago where I just kind of was going through some different things in life and I wanted a new life and I just started saying yes to cool opportunities things that I would just say yes and just see what happened and that led me all around the world and you guys reached out to me podcasts look really cool I mean I'm I'm really into bartending I, I, I love people that, that love bartending I love people that like to talk about bartending and uh, and you guys are followed by tall Mia I mean you know Mia from our rescue i'm just saying if she's watching this episode i'm saying too so so tall me <laughs> tall mia is what did it damn okay yeah, I, was like, Yo, the, I had no idea cool enough for tall mia then they're cool enough for me I thank you that. thank you tall mia appreciate thank that you. and i also i want to give a quick shout out to jt uh we had him on uh, i can't remember what episode it was but from stockholm our buddy from stockholm our stockholmy if you will um he reached out because you were in stockholm and i don't know if you two actually met but he he just reached out and said you got to try and get this guy on the show so thank you jt for uh the the hot lead and yeah we're, yeah. we're excited that you took some time to join us so a, a ringing endorsement yeah, shout, there. shout out to jt I, I was in stockholm i was bartending at a, a place called tilt a tilt bar in stockholm there and i was teaching for european bartender school in stockholm so that's amazing that's awesome yeah, yeah so i'm, I'm really excited because we're, we're going to get into this into the drink then but you've got a little bit different and a little bit more of a unique story than a lot of just people in general that i know right very yeah. well-traveled worldly i'm excited to hear all about this but i think this is exciting too because we kind of get to uh you know 
talk about the more mundane parts of bartending. And I know didn't with one of your films, didn't you say a couple guys from Germany came all the way up to what Spitsbergen? Am I saying that right? To to record with yeah, you? Yeah. So uh, it is Spitsbergen, but that's like Spitsbergen is like the whole it's like archipelago, you know, and Svalbard is Svalbard and Jan Mayen is like. So technically, they came to they did come to Spitsbergen, but like we lived in Long Yerby and Svalbard. Okay, okay. is like the name for the whole, you know, the but, whole region. Yeah, they, right. Yeah, okay. yeah, and um, they came from Switzerland. They were Swiss Germans, so you know they came from Switzerland, and they reached out to me and they wanted to do a film, and uh, they wanted to know if they could come up and make me the subject of their film, as well mm-hmm. as like the beauty of Svalbard. And mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, sure, you know, when they showed up. They had all this equipment. I mean, I was like, whoa, this is, I thought it was going to be like a guy with a camera, but no, no, no. They had lights. They had everything. I mean, it was unreal. And you see the quality of it when you watch mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Like, Beautiful video. Yeah. Okay. This is like, this is like a movie, like for real. And the, mm-hmm. uh, the one guy, the one director, um, there was a few of them, uh, the, like in the crew, but, you know, I was like, so how do you work around getting the musical rights and stuff like that? And he was like, I make my own music. I compose my own music. <laughs> right. Yeah, nat- naturally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course, right? What, what else do you do? That's incredibly but, impressive. And I, I just, I mean, the question that begs right now is if that level of production was a 10, what has the Bartender Rant podcast been why would you, like why would so you, far? For, why would you force him in? Why I mean, just putting, I'm just saying, I mean, Mike, we got to strive to get better, right? You know, I got to understand yeah. where we're at in the pecking order. You know? Don't make hey, him look, critique our Mickey Mouse operation here. I would tell you, you know, I'm a wrestling fan. I got my NWO Wolfpack shirt on. There it I is. I can tell you, just from wrestling, you got Dusty Rhodes. Hey, man, I've wined and dined with kings and queens, and I've slept in alleys eating pork and beans, okay? So it's whatever. See, you know what I mean? We, see, see, we're, we're the alley and the pork and beans. Is. Are you there proud of is. yourself? Are you happy? <laughs> hey, from popper to prince, man, you got to go one direction. That's up. But, um, no, but I'm excited. But I, I'm excited. Go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, no, I'm excited because the, the the story that you have has attracted people from Switzerland to come yeah. all the way up and, and record with you. And I'm excited to hear part of that story, but I'm also excited to hear a, a little bit of the lighter side, too, of just your bartending experience, your pet peeves, and th- those kind of stories. But then we're also going to have you back on the show to do a little bit more of a deep dive into your background and your story and the book that you have coming out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, it's it's like so many things, you know what I mean? It's like an onion you peel back. It's going in so yeah. many different directions and mm-hmm. like, it's all legit. You know what I mean? Uh, I am really a bartender. I've really bartended all over the world. See, I got this job here. I'm in Bar Harbor, Maine right now, uh, just for a few weeks while I'm on like a summer feria from uh, Norway. And I was like, you just saw me on social media. What if I was just like an Instagram bartender? What if I didn't really know how to bartend in a bar and uh, a service see, bar? JT I though, I trust JT. Okay, <laughs> right, I right. knew I knew he wouldn't lead me astray. So you know, but, but I mean, even the place I'm working at now, because I didn't even meet them until I got here. I didn't interview nothing. I just showed up and it was like, what if I was, what if I was a fraud? <laughs> well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I mean, if you were a fraud, then you'd probably be well on your way to being a great bartender. It's the fake it how you you know till you make it professional guess, of, right? of your dreams, right? I mean, I yeah, lied. Right I lied at my first bartending game. Oh yeah, I've been making those drinks for years, you know. Um, so I think that that would all be part of the shtick. But I'll tell you, we've had a, a lot of people on the show now that don't have 
um, you know, don't have their roots down somewhere. What they do is they guest all over the place and they travel and they use this as a way for uh, to see the world or experience new things. Or as you just said, say yes to a lot of new things and kind of take on this new this second life that you've taken on. And um, uh, I know it's a lot to unpack. I don't want to get uh, chased down too many rabbit holes tonight because like Mike said, we're going to have you back on to talk specifically about your book. And we're very excited about that. But tonight, what we have ahead is the gauntlet. And there's only one way to get there. Let's talk a little bit about the cocktail that you have brought for us tonight. So it's the blow vase. I yes. know it's, um, you're going to tell, you're going to kind of take over a little bit of the cocktail history from what I hear. Cause you have a little bit uh, more of the background on this drink. So tell us about the drink, why you chose it for the show. Um, and then we'll, and then we'll put it together for the people. Okay. So it's the blow vase, right? And it's Norwegian, a blow vase, Norwegian for blue way, but it also, Funny, uh, funny enough, it also means black eye in Norway. No, but really. Yeah. In this case, I'm telling you, it's blue way, blow vase, blue vase. So that's why. It, is and, is uh, it said? Is it said with a different dialect? Like, how do you how do you pick out? Is it just in context to where you no, determine yeah. the meaning? I researched yeah, it a little of. bit, and it seemed like it was kind of how we say shiner in the United States, how like the shiner refers to like a particular like color or tone. And so we say, oh, somebody's got a shiner. So for them in Norway, there are these like blue flowers that signal part of the season, uh, the yeah. hep hepatica nobilis. And a lot of times they're referred to as the, the blue, like the blue way, you know, all, all these flowers are turning blue. The spring season is coming in, but um, those blue flowers kind of look like a black eye. So that's what yeah. that's what I'm guessing it kind of comes from. Well, I mean, you've done the research on that one. Uh, I kind of inherited the drink. Uh, the bar I, I run a bar, I manage a bar in Trumsa, Norway, the north of Norway, called Cafe Son. And um, when I got there, the bartenders there had this drink called Blow Vase, and they told me Blue Way. And originally, so I can tell you about the history of it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, please. Okay, so originally, I got there. They were waiting on me and my visa and stuff like that. So they didn't have a bar manager at the time for like a, like five months or so. So they were kind of waiting for me to get my stuff situated so I could so I could be there. And so when I get there, I'm looking at their you know their cocktail sheet and everything. It says blow base. And originally, it was plantation three star white rum. It was lime juice. It was vanilla syrup. It was simple syrup, it was egg white, and it was a, a bar spoon of uh, blueberry jam, right? So I'm looking at it this way, and it was like every time I was making it, I was like, why am I grabbing simple syrup, then vanilla syrup, and then blueberry jam? I got to do, okay, hold, 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 hold on, guys. All right, listen, I'm going to make a blueberry vanilla syrup, so we only grab one thing instead of three things. That doesn't even make sense, right? So I make the, the vanilla syrup with genuine vanilla pods, open it up, boom. I do like a mixture of uh, brown sugar and white sugar. And I make the vanilla syrup and then I do equal parts of frozen blueberries with that fresh homemade vanilla syrup and then mix that together. And then I have the blueberry vanilla syrup. Then I thought, I think it would taste better if I added pineapple juice. So... I was like, I'm going to add pineapple juice. I'm going to change the way you make this stuff over here. 
So I basically took ownership of the cocktail. Did I? How did they eight? feel about that? As you walked in out of nowhere and Deacon still waiting for your visa and deconstructed their their house cocktail. Well, at this time I got the visa, which is why I was there. But okay. I mean, I'm the I'm the bar manager. You know what I mean? This is my job. This is why they've hired me. Yeah. I'm here to Tough make things be more effective. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say it like that, but I'm, <laughs> I'm here to make it better. And mm-hmm. tell me, is this better? Instead of grabbing for three things, you're grabbing for one thing. Does this not is this not better? And does it not taste better when you have instead of blueberry jam, you have actual blueberries? Actual blueberries, yeah. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, this this is better. And you throw you throw the pineapple juice in it, and it just kind of accentuates the limes. You got some citrus and some tropicalness in it. And it's a it, it's a it's it's just like a blueberry vanilla tropical, more tropical daiquiri, essentially. You know, because that's what they had. It was like you have rum, you have citrus. And you have sugar. You have a daiquiri. Mm-hmm. It's blueberry. Yeah. This blueberry and vanilla flavor. So let's add some pineapple juice in it, so it can be kind of less daiquiri, <laughs> like a more. Like, yeah, I, I like I like I like the addition of the pineapple, especially since you you kind of went a couple different ways with the syrup. You're you're adding brown and white sugars, and you're kind of infusing yeah. that all together. I could almost see it either a really feeling like super daiquiri with just like that blueberry sweetener, the lime and the rum. And I think the pineapple smooths it out a little bit. It, you know, yeah. it smooths out maybe some of like the robust blueberry sweetness and it smooths out that lime. So, um, and good thought, right? Pineapple and rum. Why not? Those yeah. two things. Mass I mean, made I, in I, yeah. I just wanted to also add something else to kind of make it stand more on its own as like a separate cocktail versus just a flavored daiquiri, which is right. kind of what it was. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, and then so I had that. I'm like, okay, throw some. Uh, didn't have a garnish because it's all about what you have. You know, I'm I'm at a cafe up in northern Norway, and it's 220 miles, 154 kilometers above the Arctic Circle. So I'm not getting a lot of fresh fruits. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like I didn't have much for garnish. And then it's like if I can get it, if it makes sense, then I'm gonna do some blueberries. You know, three mm. blueberries on a cocktail pick. I think that's gonna be fantastic. And then when I got here, um, the food and beverage director at the Balance Rock Inn, which is where I, I've been at for the last couple of weeks, uh, Haley, she was like, she's a sommelier. She's all, she's amazing. And she was like, you know what? If you just grate a tonka bean on top of it, then when you drink it, it's just, and I tell you what, I get so many compliments. Like, oh my God, the tonka bean's amazing. And they know their, they know their blueberries <laughs> in Maine. I mean, this is the time, this is, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. the blueberry capital of the world. It feels like what is a Tonka is. bean? Cause I have no fucking idea. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know that they man. used to make trucks. I didn't know that they made beans now too. I mean, I, I was strictly. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I, you know, it's just, it's just a bean. I don't know how to explain it. We have to is Google it. Like, it. Is it, it okay. It is. <laughs> but, but what kind of, what kind of aroma does it give off? Is it coffee-esque? Is it roasted? Is it like well it's it's hard to explain. <laughs> it's it's Tonka. Got it. <laughs> it's just really good. It's, it's really it's good. Tough, it's it's a tough bean, <laughs> tough bean to describe. It's Tonka tough. Yeah, um, I'd have to God, yeah. So yeah, now I like guys calling me out. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> listen, listen. Part of part of the part of bar uh you know bartending, especially cocktail making, is the exploration. So if you're out there at home and you're like me and you don't know what a fucking tonka bean is, guess what? You have a supercomputer strapped to your hand right now that you're listening to this podcast through. 
Look up a Tonka bean. Go figure out where you can That's find them and make this drink totally the right way. Right make this drink the way that Bob <laughs> would make this drink, right? All right. So yeah. let's talk. Let's put it together because I love the background, how you've kind of I, I'm not going to I wouldn't use the word stolen. What I would say is that you took this beautiful <laughs> idea and you made it your own and you really you helped it. You helped improve it. You helped allow it, as you said, to stand alone. I think that's uh, really the true test of a bartender at the end of the day is can you take something that's maybe the norm that's maybe well liked and make it exceptional or make it unique. So I think to, it's beautiful. To my that knowledge, I'm sorry, to, to, to my knowledge, it was uh, bartenders Yadin and Isak. Former employees at Cafe Son that now work. Shout out to Yad Bar Bar Deuce and Trumza. And to my knowledge, it was them two together that created this. And then I came in and was like Blow Base 2.0, and mm -hmm. then I took the 2.0 off of it, and then just Blow Base. Yeah, and I then even it. even Haley in the states got to add yeah. her little touch to and it. Yeah, well, she got so. to it too because when I first made it, when I like when I improved it, I put it on the menu in Norway as Blow Base 2.0 because it was on the menu already as Blow yeah. Base. So I needed people to know this was something different and improved by 2.0. As I then come to the States and they've never had this drink before, it doesn't need to be 2.0. You can just, distinguish it on its own. Yeah. What, but what you're telling me is <laughs> this finished cocktail is really Blovase 3.0 is really what this is, right? I mean, now with the pumpkin, <laughs> it's a yeah, team effort, yeah, Mike. It's a team effort. <laughs> it's a big team effort because now this version, some, on my Instagram story right now, someone just tagged me in a cocktail they had. It was like, it's the blow vase. And they were like, oh, amazing. And it's like best cocktail I ever had in my life. Wow. Well, let's awesome. teach the people. Let's teach the people how to make it. Yeah. Why don't you walk okay. the people through how you make the blow vase? Robert does it all style 3.0. <laughs> we'll call it all of that. But teach us how to make yes. it. All right. Collaborative effort. You know, four people uh, created this. <laughs> okay. So uh, start with your small shake of 10. Got one here. Right. Courtesy of uh, a European bartender school. Shout out to EBS. Um, I got two ounces or 60 mils of plantation three-star white rum. All right. So let's put that in there. All right. I already got everything situated. Okay. Now we're going to do one ounce or 30 mils of lime juice, fresh lime juice. Boom. Okay. Now we're going to do one ounce or... 30 mils of pineapple juice. So equal parts pineapple and lime. Okay. Yep. And, and that's going to help the, what, the tart do... not kind of take over. Yeah. You know, listen, great cocktails, a perfect cocktail is like a perfect life. It's all about balance. Right. <laughs> yeah. So now we're going to throw in, you know, you really don't need the egg white from an entire egg. You know, when you're working at a bar, I like to um, get my egg whites. I like to blend them and put them in a squeeze bottle. You really only need like a little bit less than a half ounce of an egg white to go into a drink to really create a foam. But when you are cracking eggs just at its own, obviously you're going to use a whole egg. So mm -hmm. that's what I did because I just had one egg, right? So I'm going to throw that one in there. All right. That's going to create some frothiness, make it look really purdy, right? Now I have some blueberry vanilla syrup. And I got my metric jigger, 30 mils on this side, 60 mils on this side, right? Because I put in a little bit too much because the syrup is really good. So I was like, yeah, give me some extra stuff. Eat it like a fat boy, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. Okay. There we go. 
This is mesmerizing right. right now. We haven't. I, I'm serious. We haven't had somebody take such great care to make it on the show. Usually, they step away from the camera and they throw it all together. I love what you've done here. You are giving the the real uh, uh, EBS level, um, you know, teachers version of this. I like that. Well, I mean, you know, this uh -oh. is important, and this is a signature signature drink, and so. I wanted to be right. Absolutely. Okay, so no, I, I I'm serious. I'm not. I'm not being facetious. I love it. All right. When you have egg white, right? When you have egg white, you're gonna have to dry shake it. Dry shaking it for everyone that knows means shaking it without ice, right? That's gonna be to emulsify everything, get the frothiness going, right? Gonna create a nice little foam, all that good stuff. We'll do that here. When you shake, don't shake at the person. It's like a it's like a gun. Don't point it at me. Point that way, Because right? <laughs> if it spills, I don't want it to spill on me. I want it to spill somewhere else, <laughs> right? You know, in the okay. seventy episodes that we've done this, you are the first bartender that says, "Don't shake at people." That might have been one we yeah. wanted. We wanted a piece of advice we wanted to share a little bit earlier than now. But I like. It. I love. I always love these new little. Yeah, uh, I think. It, I think it depends on the customer, frankly. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> then you're like, whoops! Because oh, the only bad things can happen. Either the whole thing slips out of your hand and you hit them with a full shaker, break their nose, or it, it spills and it spills all over them. It's you know, just do it behind. You can see. Can you see? Look at that. Oh, I don't want to spill it. Yeah. Looks oh, good. I can see it. There we go. Got some nice foam, and right? frothy. Okay. Nice and pretty. All right. So now I got some ice. I got the ice already. Okay. So let me put that here. Okay. Put my hands here. Boom. Now we're going for a second shake with the ice. A wet in shake. The, in the, a, a wet shake. shake. And you know, you got to smile. Smile is important. So many times people shake, and it's like they say it's like your O face. You know, you're like so focused. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that old face. Okay, even the person you're with, but at that time, they want to see the old face. Look Again, away. Rob, I think it depends on the customer, man. You know. Yeah, it really does. It really does. <laughs> I don't. I don't so want. Zone. Rob, I don't want my bartender smiling and making eye contact while he's shaking. Okay, I want him. I want him what? either staring bullets through my head, or I want him not looking at me at all. Don't make eye contact. What's the problem? It's like, hey, Steve. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Well, what are you doing after this, you know? <laughs> well, Rob, again, just like it depends on the customer, it depends on the bartender, too. I mean, if you're looking at me like that, I feel very, I feel a lot different. I'm like, all right, I'm interested. Here we go. I'll have seven hey, well, more called the mass destruction. <laughs> do you, do you, uh, okay. do you share this, this O-Face uh, information when you're uh, teaching in, in Europe? Is that something that you, you share with your, your students as well? Yeah, you got to. You got to because, yeah. you know, they're, getting, they're so focused, you know, especially when they're brand new. They've never shaken anything before, so they're really focused on shaking. They want to do a good mm -hmm. job. Yeah, you know, shaking, shaking, and it's like, hey man, relax, relax, everything's all good. Okay, so got shaken. Let's see here. We can, boom. That's oh, that's that's perfect see. right there. That's perfect. Got all right, fine mesh strainer. Fine mesh strainer, alternate strainer, double strainer, right? Because you got a coop. The whole point of double straining is to keep ice out of your drink. There's no ice in this drink. That's why you get double straining. Boom. It's a lot lighter than I would have oh. thought. 
I love that color, though. That's just the egg Ooh, white. That. Yeah, the egg Ooh. white. Oh, my God. That's Very gorgeous. Good. Okay. It's a little bit full. That's all right because I'm going to drink it. So it's fine by me. That looks incredible. Right. So we just kind of just, you know, let it do its thing. All right. So now I have my Tonka bean. It's already grated in here. You can see it. All right. Oh, look. See, now look at it. Yeah. The color is really setting in at the bottom there as the froth starts yep. to go down. So that's beautiful. Do some Tonka bean on top. Just kind of a light dusting. Gotcha. Yeah. And then three blueberries. You know, I chose three blueberries just like it's kind of like uh, three coffee beans for an espresso martini. Mm -hmm. Three is a really good number. Three one, olives. There's three of us. Look at that. One there for me, is. one for Steve, <laughs> one for Mike. Bam. Perfect. Fantastic. I, I want the one in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then. Boom. There you have it. That is gorgeous. I'm have to of this. Yeah, I like yeah, because I like how the, the, the blueberries are a nice offset to that uh that white froth on top. You know, mm -hmm. it's a big nice color pop for the drink as well. So you're gonna have to share that uh picture with us and all of our wonderful listeners. If you're out there and you have mixed up this cocktail, you know what time it is. It is time to raise that beautiful coupe glass or whatever glass you happen to use tonight that was available yes, to you it is. Uh, into the air. And as we always say, don't just listen along. Drink along. Cheers, Ooh. fellas. Cheers. Here we go. Look at that. Cheers. Or it is beautiful. Or as we say, as we say in Norwegian, skull. 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 Yeah. Boom. That is a gorgeous drink, and I am jealous. I don't want. I don't have one coming to my lips right now. But you enjoy that, my friend, and all of our listeners out there who are drinking along with Rob tonight. You enjoy that wonderful blow vase. Yeah, I hope you tried this one out. I mean, it literally crossed an ocean to to be created. So I think this. Would be I gotta hunt down some tonka beans. I mean, I think that's the key. I gotta. I, oh, good. I, I have a. I have one particular market near me that I feel like might have them. Something. Uh, what is it? Like that. Is the address www.amazon.com? No, no. But if they have tonka beans on Amazon, that might be easier. I mean, these these wily kids, they keep stealing packages right off our doorstep. So I don't know. I mean, they're going to be a little disappointed if they steal a whole package of Tonka beans. And they're like, what the fuck is this? But hey, maybe they make some good cocktails with it. You never know. Um, Rob, the next section of this show is called the Drinkton. Okay. Now, yeah. this is like LinkedIn, but this is for the service industry. So we want to hear about three main things. First. How did okay. you first ever get into the business? What was your first ever job in the service industry? Number two, what positions have you held? So you can just rat a tat them off all the different types of positions, um, you know, from bartender to teaching now, which I think is so cool. And then lastly, where are you now? And I know that that is a loaded question because you're boun <laughs> bouncing around, traveling around from time to time. But um, let's start with the first one. How did you first get into the restaurant business? Okay. First ever service industry job was at Denny's. Oh, <laughs> yes. Was at, was at Denny's in Albany, Denny's. Oregon. That was the first ever uh, service industry job. And actually, I was 21 years old and I got hired as a dishwasher. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was, yeah, that was the first. That was the first. Uh, 
Yeah. Did stay at Dishwasher for long there. Uh, I got, I like almost immediately moved up to, to serving. And then like, uh, I was doing serving because it's 24 hours. So I was doing serving over like the graveyard, you know, from mm-hmm. what, 10 at night to six in the morning. Yeah, you're talking and, to two boys that met working at a silver diner, working the old overnight shift. So mm, we, okay, we know, the, yeah, so we know the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, yeah, that uh, yeah, that dinner's still there, and I still got uh, some people that like, like a few people that work there uh, are, are friends of mine, and that was that was my first job, and um, I remember there was a there was a, another server. She was a like a California blonde. She was like maybe in her mid forties at the time kind of had like a smoker's raspy voice. Her name was Melanie. And she used to just take all the time in the world to explain things to me, give me some points. She was like, you know, I put two kids through college serving. I, you know, this is the job for me. And I was like, she was so cool. And then I used to just kind of, you know, bug her and the bartenders. And I just, you know, how do you make this? How do you do that? You know, because they're like, are you supposed to be washing dishes, you know? And then, <laughs> then it's just serving. You know, when you're serving, though, when, you, when I got bumped to serving, then, you know, you put in a drink order and you're just waiting at the bar for them to make it. So now I'm just like, well, what are you doing? What's going on over here? What's doing that? So that kind of got me really into bartending. And, you know, to me, I always felt like the bartender, uh, the man or the woman, whoever's bartending was like the coolest person in the restaurant because it was yeah. like the buck stopped there. You know, like I could do everything for my customer as a server except make the drinks. I needed the bartender. The bartender had the keys to this to the store. They're the one that closed. You know, when the manager's not there, it was like the de facto manager was the bartender. So it was like, you know. So that's that's that was my first job. Um, and then you said like, what positions have I held? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So from I mean, I, I not to slow us down again, but that reverence that you're putting on the bartender, I know that exact feeling. My first restaurant gig was the same. I was 13 washing dishes, and I looked yeah. at these guys that were. 22 or 23 and it seemed like man they're like magnets people are drawn to them you know and it was it was weird it was the first time i had seen somebody kind of uh do a job and have people congregate not just because they were you know giving them the booze but it did seem like they had like a certain higher level of power in this little ecosystem that we were all in so um it's that i just i I, is that go ahead no, no, no. I just, I felt like I could really uh, relate to that sentiment. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, I mean, it's that, and it, they did, they seemed like just these amazing people because, you know, oh, they're pouring liquor into the shaker tins. They're just, they don't have any jiggers. Or med- uh, how do they know how much is going in there? Like, <laughs> right. How do they do that? Right. Um, you know like a I mean? mad like, scientist. It's incredible. They're like, it's like an alchemist. It's literally like an alchemist, you know what I mean? They're just mm-hmm. throwing stuff together shaking it up, creating these new things, colorful things uh, for the women bartenders. All the guys are all trying to holler at them for the man bartenders, uh, the men bartenders, you know, all the girls seem to like him. All the servers are like, Oh my God. You know, and I was like, I have right. to be like, who would have thought Denny Denny's would be the place that planted the seed. I love it. I love Denny's man. So look, that's, I, I like Denny's too. Know. Yeah. Hey, listen, man, I, Denny's I, in Albany, Oregon is lit. Okay. You ever go man, I could, to Albany, Oregon? It's lit. 
<laughs> I could eat a grand slam and drink like 10 Jamesons right now. I, that was, that's is like the perfect meal. Um, all right. What are some of the other positions you've held? So you start as a dishwasher. You're not in it for long. You automatically graduate right there to server out of yeah. sheer curiosity, right? It sounds like in drive. Yeah. Where did you start going from there? Was it right to bartender after that? Well, it was like pretty much, uh, you know, I guess they thought I had a good personality to get me out of the dish pit, which was nice for me, you know, uh, so I did that, then serving, um, you know, making some simple drinks. You know how it is. The bartender's busy or whatever, and they got a big bar. And it's like, listen, you want a rum and coke or something, you just make it. You know, I got four cocktails to make over here. I'm not going to do every little thing for you. You know, you pour wine or something like that. You, you can do that stuff. And when you need to make intricate cocktails, you know, so – I was learning, you know, basically it's like bar backing. You're learning from the basic. You're learning really easy drinks, rum and coke and gin and tonic, you know. But I mean, it's like you have to still have to know how to make that. How much gin goes in it? How do we know? You know, someone mm-hmm. got to tell us. Um, getting ice and things like that. Uh, you know, and then I had some some different things happen in my life where I went away for some years at a time to places uh, that are upstate. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so. You know, there was a, a four-year period there where I was uh, gone, and then another year period later on. So uh, after the four-year period, I came back, and I was working at this brewery in Corvallis, Oregon, called Flat Tail Brewery, like the greatest place I ever worked at. It was amazing, just top to bottom. Everyone was like a big family. And uh, there I started again as a dishwasher, uh, you know, because I was, you know, fresh out and stuff like that. So, you know, they're just trying to fill me out a little bit, you know. So I started as a dishwasher, and then I moved up to Prep Cook. Uh, Prep Cook got fired, quit. I can't remember exactly, but they were like, hey, if you want some more hours, you can be a Prep Cook. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know anything about being a Prep Cook, you know. And uh, the owner, his name was Ian Duncan, amazing, amazing guy, Ian Duncan. He was like, well, you can read, can't you? And I was like, well, yeah. And he was like, well, we got a recipe book. You'd be fine, you know. So I'm like, okay, and I feel it was like it was like the that giant book of spells, the Gargamel got on Smurfs. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> it was like it was huge, and I'm like, what? like what am I making that requires a gallon of milk? Milk? <laughs> it's crazy. They're like a witch's cauldron. Like, yeah, you know. But I, I was doing that, and I was like, you know, as long as you know, I'm don't know what I'm doing. And you're okay with that. I'm fine with that. And I used to ask the, the chefs on the line. They, I feel like they were doing my job in their job because I, I wasn't that good at it. I'm making meatloaf and some soups and stuff like that. And then came a, a host. Was, you know, basic glorified busboy. Your job is to introduce the people when they come in, seat the people, tell the servers, and clean up the tables when they leave. And, you know, that was nice. And I was doing all three of those for a little bit. And then, you know, that – also, it was more serving and then bartending. We had a, a bartender named Griff. It was amazing, amazing guy. One of my really, really good friends. He's in Idaho now. And me and Griff actually worked in that bar in Corrales, Oregon, and at another bar in Idaho together. It was just pretty crazy. And so, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, being a manager uh, and then now bar manager. Yeah, I, I mean, I've really come from the bottom of it. So, it's like yeah. I understand different how'd you get into levels. how'd you get into teaching because that's I, I mean i think some of it is just the wealth of experience right it sounds like you've held nearly every position you got some really good perspective on uh on the 
you know, how every cog kind of fits into the wheel, how it keeps, you know, th this, this big machine kind of moving. Um, but yeah. how did you get into teaching with, with, uh, is it EBS? EBS? Yeah. EBS European bartender school. Uh, so that came like later on in the journey. I already been in the service industry for, ooh, mm, probably about ten years. You know, minus minus the five away. So I've been in there for ten years, and I really wanted to travel. I went to Alaska. I was a Bering Sea fisherman, and I, I had this money from the boat in Dutch Harbor, and I, so I just took it and traveled. And then I was like, you know, I really want to move to like to Europe. You know, I I realized that. Over the course of my life, my ups and downs, my trials, tribulations, addictions, depressions, you know, all the things that go rampant in the service industry um, that I had never seen anything, really. And I had never been anywhere. I was like doing some hustling over here, doing stuff over here. But, you know, I wasn't a travel person. And, you know, I always say there was a man I wanted to be and yet was not. So I set out mm. to become him. So I was mm. like, I want to travel. I want to do this. So then I was like, OK, I, I determined I want to go to Norway. You know, I thought Norway was a great country. It was nice and cold. You know, uh, I like the cold. It's healthcare, education. It was ranked in like the top happiest countries in the world. So I went. I went to Norway. I didn't know anything about traveling. I didn't know anything about visas. I just knew I had this money from the boat, and I just thought I could just show up, walk into a restaurant, get a job. Right? Which is not how it goes. <laughs> like. You know, like seriously, I'm just just in Europe with two suitcases and stars in my eyes. Like, wow, I can just get a job and just live here. And you, you can't do that at all. Like, who told you that? <laughs> <laughs> so how did how did that play out? Because that's incredible. <laughs> no, like I, I don't. They're like, oh, man. As I was meeting people in Norway, they're like, do you have like a visa? And I'm like, no. Well, what's that? And they're like, do you have a job offer? Nope, don't got one of those. What, do you have a D number like making you legal to work in Norway? Mm, no. <laughs> do you, do you, you don't have a contract. You have no job. You have nothing. You just have you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And some oh. and two giant pairs of balls. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know. Uh, and one of those was blindness, and the other one was ignorance. <laughs> I had no oh, idea. Man. And so. I apply for a visa. I'm like, okay, so I figure out kind of like what to do on Google and stuff. Like, okay, how do you get a work visa like that? And then so I'm like, okay, so you know, I really have this one skill in life, just service industry, bartending, stuff like that, right? So um, I'm like, okay, so I try, I get a contract, I get a contract, and then I apply for a visa. Denied, right? Denied. Oh, heartbroken. It costs like six hundred dollars American to apply for this visa. They deny me, they keep the money, right? And I'm like, oh. And so they deny me because they're like, you know, in Europe, unlike America, people want to see you have certifications, that you have some type of something tangible they can see, you know, because I could tell you, Steve, I'm like, hey, I've been bartending 10 years. Okay, well, you know, I can also say I graduated from Harvard, top of the class. And until you see something, how do you know that? You know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense, you know, because there's a difference between being smart. Goodwill hunting. You could be smart and be the janitor, or you could be the, the, the guy that actually graduates from, you know, these schools and has a degree. So I'm like, okay, well, so I got to get certification. All right. So I actually, in the meantime, I tried to apply again because the first time I actually said I didn't make enough on my, my, uh, 
on my contract. I didn't make enough money. So then I got a second contract making more money to, to meet the minimum requirement for Americans in Norway. And then they denied I- me again. Oh, shit. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask. So when you say a con, you, a contract, like you got a contract from a business to allow you to work, or like that, that wanted you to that work, they would yeah. hire you, right? No, so so in Norway, everything is is a contract. If you work at Seven Eleven, you're going to have a job contract, and it's just you know Norway has like the best worker laws and rights of like the whole world, and just like any other contract, it's going to say how many hours you're guaranteed to work. You know, uh, what your job description is, everything, the time period. It's an open contract for six months or a year. You know, you have to have all of this in writing. You know, that way, you know, every both parties are protected in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, just like if you, right now, if you guys got picked up by Barstool Sports or something, or Barstool Bartending and had a podcast going on, you're going to be like, well, I got to have a contract. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. I need to know what we're earning, what, what you expect from us, how many episodes, what time, all this good stuff, right? So I get that contract. You have to have the contract in order to apply for a visa, right? So now I had the new contract, I applied for the visa. And now they say, you know, I'm applying while being in Norway. I'm not allowed to do that. And <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so yeah. Like you have to get a contract then you have to leave the country. Then you have to apply <laughs> and then wait for that. That makes sense. Yeah, of back. course. Yeah. Because if know, I want to live somewhere, I, I like to go there, get a job, and then leave, which is a good way to, good way to then you know I mean? live but, at that place. But like to yeah. them, they're like, you know, you're putting pressure on us, you know? We like, you know, that's like someone asking you for a favor and then being just standing there. So you're going to think about it. Hey, Steve, can I borrow a thousand dollars? Hold on, dude. Like, you know, let me think. Go away. Let me think about it. Let me see what my numbers are. See if I could do this. You know, still standing here, getting pressure on me, you know? Right. So I understood it, but I was like, okay. So then I started, like, as I was doing <laughs> research into how to get a visa after I've already applied for two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I should have did that first. Um, then I start seeing, like, you need to have qualification, certification, because you're applying. I'm applying for a skilled worker visa. So in order to apply for a skilled worker visa, you need to have proof of some skills. <laughs> Gotcha. You can't just be like sources. Trust me, bro. Right, you know? right. You need yeah. to uh, health, healthy food handling certification, safe alcohol, to, you know, certification. All these, you know, basic things in the tips industry that are now becoming even more common in the states. So, um, yeah. It, I mean, is that is that really what it was? You just started grinding out certifications with the maybe gamble of a chance you were going to get a visa down the line. Man, that's exactly what it was. You know, I, I had already invested. <laughs> I had the dream that I wanted to go. I had invested a lot of time and money and effort to traveling and finding a place I wanted to live. And it was really tough. And I just felt like I felt like doing everything I needed to get there could only make me a better bartender, a better human, you know, better everything, you know? So I was like, okay. So, I mean, I'm like, I'm American, you know, what, Bartending schools are a scam, bro. I thought bartending like, who goes to bartending school? No, you go to a bar, you bar back, and then you learn from your bartenders. And so I didn't know anything. And so I Googled, you know, what's the number one bartending school in the world? Because now I'm in the world. I'm not in America. I'm in the world. And the European bartending school is the one that popped up. Wow. And so I'm like, okay. 
So I need to go to this school and I need to get us, I need to take this international course It's four weeks. I need to get the certification so I can apply for another visa. Right. And um, so I go do that and I look at their, their website. And it's so funny because I'm not called. There was this girl, this American girl from San Diego. Her name was Chelsea. She picks up the phone. Hey, how's it going? And I'm like, this can't be European bartender school. This is American. This is a scam. Chelsea from San Diego is on the other end of the line. Totally a scam. I'm like, this is not real. You know what I mean? And so I was like, look, I'm in a a bind. I need to do like the next course you have available in English because they have schools all around the world and a lot of major cities and a lot of different languages. And um, she was like, well, I got one for January, right after the holidays, beginning of the new year uh, in Dublin. I'm like, okay, Ireland. I guess, I guess I'm going to Ireland. So I did the course. Course was cool. Course taught me, taught me the metric system, taught me milliliters, centiliters. Man, I mean, my bartending skills was like here. And after I did EBS, bam, like just shot up to another level. I got my certification. And then I was like, okay, now I have some tangible stuff that I can apply for another visa. And then COVID it. <laughs> So, but yeah, that's, I got into teaching though, because uh, to be more on track, because my instructors felt again, like I had a really good personality and then maybe I could be a good instructor and they were always looking for Americans. They didn't really have any Americans at the time. And, uh, you know, America is a country full of consumers. European bartending school was big in Europe, but just imagine if if they could get up and coming bartenders from America to really buy into it and want to learn. Mm. double triple quadruple their profits it's 400 million yeah. people yeah i that love that man. Yeah. It's an, I, I was gonna at, at some point stop you and say hey you're not really answering my question but you brought it home there at the end um and i love Sorry the story that. like the, the, the journey <laughs> no the journey to get there is great like um it's it's a it's a great testament to how uh the quality of education you got there you, you not only you're yeah. saying your skills are better but now you're you're working there as an instructor and imparting some of those same skills to others, which I think is amazing. So well, yeah, and, 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 go ahead. Sorry. No, I just, no, that was, that was a great story. And I, no, I just, <clears throat> the idea of not knowing what the next step is, but through <laughs> that journey, through that journey, now getting involved with the European bartending school, like that's, it's just, it's, it's awesome to see where the perseverance took you to. I still, I wish I could have been the first Norwegian to meet you. Uh, when you're there with, with just bags, like I'm, I'm ready to go to work, you know, that's, that's pretty Yo, awesome. I just look at it now. Cause you know, now I made all these different mistakes traveling, of course, and learned on the fly. And a lot of people, yeah. I've been 40 countries now, I've lived in six countries and uh, now people come to me for advice and I'm like, Oh my God, don't do what I did. That's, don't do that. that's <laughs> well, horrible. It, like, it, it's clearly made you a better instructor. And uh, I don't know. I mean, do you think, I mean, if, if you would have walked right off that plane and there was a job available to you and you, you were able to kind of make it by, do you think you would have gotten better? Do you think you would have gone and gotten those certifications? Maybe not. So it's all, it's all this wonderful, no. weird blessing. The ignorance led you down the right path, right? As uh, I can't remember yeah. what guest we had on, but they said, fail forward. Maybe it was Mr. Barbara oh, Sloan. <clears throat> Barbara Sloan. Yeah. Fail forward, baby. And that's, that yeah. is, that is so true. <laughs> So true. Um, so yeah, where no, are that, you that, now? That's what happened because I did. Okay, well, hold on. So I did that, and then I got invited to the instructor academy, right? So I'm in Ireland doing a student course, and then I get invited to the instructor academy. The instructor course was on Cos Island, Greece. Like it was on a Greek island, wow. and I'm like, 
what? So now I'm doing EBS instructor course. And then while with EBS, you know, I, I took the opportunity to, to take every course they had, anything, barista course, bitters, whiskey, beer. I was doing, when I was in Dublin, I did the Dublin Bar Academy. I was like, kind of like collecting the, I'd say I was like going around the world collecting bartending infinity stones. You know, like <laughs> I was just, you know, I just needed to get all this stuff. So all of that, like, and the people at EBS, like, are some of the best bartenders in the world. And it's all ran by people who have been bartenders. So mm-hmm. they all understand. And it's just like, where else can you be thinking in the bar industry, right? If you're in Baltimore or wherever, you're in, in Kansas? Mm-hmm. Southwest Baltimore. Missouri right now, but yeah. <laughs> okay, Missouri, right? So you're in Missouri, you're in Baltimore, you're in Maryland. And, you know, this bartender to your left is from Croatia. He's from... Uh, Scotland, they have their skills, they have their skills, and you're just learning. This guy's from Brussels, he speaks French, you know, this one's from uh, Ireland. It's just, and they're all amazing. You know, I felt like less than, I was like, man, I don't know, I just, I think you guys are all better than me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like looking around, and it's like the Justice League of bartenders. It's in, it's the infinity yeah. end game, as you said, of bartenders. It's That's nuts. And they're like, well, what can you do well? I can I'm see like, how that can, can be intimidating. You get tips. Yeah, yeah, get tips, like, right? I, I, I have mastered the art of getting good tips, so I got I got that going for me. <laughs> but I was like, some people really and they're like, you could, some people. I'm sure they were yeah, very they, motivated to work with you at that point, right? It, it, I've worked with plenty of bartenders. I'm not saying this about you, but I've worked with plenty of bartenders that are ain't shit as a bartender. But man, they bring in the money, and I'll work with that guy any night of the week. I'll do all the work. Well, he brings in the high rollers. I am fine with that. I got no problem with that. Um, that well, is a you got people, skill that's often, often overlooked. Yeah, because, you know, you have people and it's like, this guy is really good at flair, doing all type of flips and it's, it's crazy. This guy over here is clarifying milk punch and all type of, you know, infusions and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. Just when I bartend, I'm making $200, $300 a night. I feel like I'm doing all right. <laughs> but, <laughs> exactly. But, but they want to learn that from you too. And that actually mm-hmm. is a skill because sometimes those people oh, yeah. that are really this way need to be they more They can't connect with people. That's yeah. Yeah. the know, whole so thing. About, real... No, I yeah. also want to say, uh, I know you're new to the show. Please interrupt us, especially Steve, at any point in time. I appreciate the courtesy, but don't be afraid to talk over us. And I, I, especially because of the... Uh, virtual recording i know we're gonna step on each other a little there's bit, a but. bit of a delay so at times we're gonna accidentally interrupt. just interrupt us and just keep talking trust me um but no i love that because it, it, you could you could be the best mixologist in the world but if you don't have that extra little bit of personality it's gonna affect the guest experience you know what i mean P- people typically don't come to a bar just for a cocktail they're coming for a little bit of community or a sense of belonging so um i think yeah. that's really cool I, I love that that you've had that extensive experience and I think that's what makes a great bartender because it, it it is the recipes. And I tell some students, you know, it is the recipes. Like you do really need to know how to make some of these drinks. But mm-hmm. what makes a good bartender, you could go to a tavern and they only sell beer and wine. And you could be like, I had the greatest bartender. They were so amazing. Tip them all this money. And that bartender maybe has worked there their whole career. They don't even know how to make a margarita. They don't know how to shake anything. They just know how to pour beer, have wine, and tend to your needs. They know how to tend mm-hmm. to their bar. So they are a bartender, and they're a good one. You know, so. mm. But where am I now? That's the question. 
That's an interesting way to put it. Oh. Yeah. Where are you now? Where are you now? Tell us uh, which bar you're looking after at the moment. So currently I'm in Bar Harbor, Maine for the next two days. <laughs> I'm at the end of my time here. Uh, my summer fedia, my holiday is up. Uh, I'm at the Veranda Bar inside the Balance Rock Inn in Bar Harbor, Maine. And so I'm bartending there. And uh, that's like, that's my current, but it's underneath because my actual job, I'm a bar manager at a bar in Trums in Norway called Cafe Son. And it's just being renovated. It's inside of the Kulturhuset. And so it's like this five-story big building owned by the Comuna. And they needed like ventilation. The bar needed to be repaired, all this different stuff. So they closed. And they've been closed now for almost or about a month and a half. So I was out of work. You know, so I'm like, well, I take my holiday and I'll go down here. I pick up a couple of shifts, make a little bit of money. So nice. Yeah, I live in Trumza. So are you on I your take my money here? Go mm-hmm. ahead. Are you on your way back to Cafe Sun after this? Uh, this stint is over here. Yeah, I mean that's where I live. And people ask me, you know, where do you live? Okay. I'm like, oh, I live in Norway. Yeah, but where do you live now? I'm like, no, like I take the money I make here in Bar Harbor and pay my rent in Norway. That is where <laughs> my house is. <laughs> yeah. Why? Uh, why Bar Harbor? Was there any particular reason you were uh, you went to Maine? Uh, well. I kind of had a fascination with New England in general, mm-hmm. just as a place I'd never been. I grew up in Herndon, Virginia, but I never really had been in the Northeast. And so I just, I, just, I don't know, I thought it could be cool. And I think about like Vermont, Rhode Island, Connecticut, Maine, places I've never been. Yeah. And I, I'm in like some Facebook groups, fraternal order of bartenders on Facebook and bar, bar memes and different things, right? And so I'm posting like some cocktails and different pictures. And the old bar manager at the at the Balance Rock Inn saw some of my cocktails, and I don't know she she thought they looked cool, and she reached out, and you know she started following me on social media, and then she was talking to me, and then you know we just kind of became friends over social media for like over a year, and she kept saying you know hey if you want you can come out here for a summer season because this bar harbor is very seasonal, um, but I was like I run my own bar. In another country, I can't mm-hmm. go somewhere for four or five months. That's not how mm-hmm. jobs work, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> I was always turning, I was turning her down. And then, uh, like I said, the, the, the my bar closed. This yeah. it so does strike me as like another weeks. one of those uh, moments in your in your life and in your career, though, uh, where this opportunity falls out of the clear blue sky, right? Like you're you're at EBS and. That you know these these instructors are, feel so compelled to tell you you should be an instructor you should go to instructor school the next thing you know you're in Greece right it's like <laughs> the bar that you manage closes down and this person that has been begging you to come out for seasonal work the next thing you know you're in Bar Harbor I think that is I mean that's the dream man that you get to a point with the <laughs> skills that you've accrued that at any moment you could just take one out of your arsenal and you can. Follow this crazy little adventure. And yeah, I you're, awesome. you're a bar, uh, you're a barcenary. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> a barcenary. You know, yes, Michael. That's that's a cool. I was talking to, uh, you know, I was talking to my mother. My mother, shout out to Ma Dukes, and Ma Dukes. You know, I, yeah, I was just like, you know, there was this time when, you know, I was down and out in life, and I had never been anywhere. And then started traveling. Then I started acquiring all these skills and, and teaching and becoming really good. You know, when when you're so focused on be- making yourself better, 
you don't always see the progress that you make in different things. And then, you know, over the course of these years, I mean, gosh, it's like I became a world-class bartender. I didn't even know. I'm like looking at other people like, man, they're so good. They're so good. And then you get places and people are like, no, you're, you're so good. <laughs> <laughs> Me? <laughs> I, I couldn't think yeah, but, i but could not have come up with a more fitting way to end the drinking too because that's right it's that realization of uh finally looking back at this effort and some of these accomplishments man well and yeah and to have the humility too to um, not even realize that is always something that yeah. i think draws draws a lot of people in until people are begging you on social media to come work at their bar. Um, and that, that, that is, that is pretty incredible. That means that it's time for the meat and potatoes of the show. My friend, the main ingredients, the back alley uh, beans, as it were. Yeah. The back alley Tonka beans. Um, (laughs) it is time for the gauntlet. Are you ready? My friend. I'm sipping syrup. Out of cup. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, actual. Here, <laughs> no, no, actual syrup. Hey, hey kids, they know the drugs. Yeah, not. That was, that, was, that was the joke I was going to. Not scissor, all right? Actual syrup, mm-hmm. all right? Like sugar and water mixed together. <laughs> and also, there should not be any children listening to this podcast. I mean, if yeah, you that, are, yeah, please, please turn it off right now. Somebody get the babysitter. Um, all right. Here we go. It is time for the gauntlet. There's only one way through, and that's forward. Are you ready, my friend? I'm ready. I was born ready. <laughs> Fantastic. Here we go. Okay, Rob, here is the gauntlet. Question number one. Pet peeves and misconceptions. Now, these can be your pet peeves about the industry pet peeves you might just have, you know, about another server, bartender, patron, or misconceptions that customers have about the industry? Uh, okay. So pet peeves. Okay. So some of my pet peeves are things, pardon me, things not being labeled correctly. Really, really grinds my gears. I like to I like things to be labeled, and then I like labels to be facing forward. I like to be able to see that it just really bugs me if the labels okay. inside are turned around. I'm like, what is this? Like, why do I have to do more work other than just looking at it to tell what it is? Like, just, you know what I mean? And like, oh, yeah. If I'm getting something for you, and this is a small thing, but say, for example, you're ordering something for me or whatever, when, if you order a beer, when I set the bottle, on the bar for you i'm gonna turn that label towards you so that you can see it as well it's just a small thing but people have commented on it and they noticed it like i'm paying that much attention to detail mm-hmm. but it's like you know what i mean it's like and it's, it's like my whole life <laughs> everything you see my, so my spice cabinet everything labels facing forward so it's just that's one um uh, <laughs> what? Hold, like on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's sink into this for just a second here, my friend. So, listen, I appreciate, I appreciate some of these eccentricities, the OCD qualities of a bartender that you're sharing with us, and I appreciate that you also yeah. re- recognize it's a pet peeve and it's a little intense from your end, yeah. but it's 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 important yeah. to you. You like to be organized. 
you like to make sure that we're not having to do any harder work than we're all. Yeah, it's, already it's doing, also right? it also Let's makes sense. It's it's justifiable. One hundred percent. I'm with you. Rob, call me crazy. One of mine is if you if you pick up a bottle to use it and it doesn't go back where you got it from, I will karate yeah. chop you in the neck as my fellow bartender. I now, can't what if it, what, what if it was what if it was in the incorrect place when they got it? Yeah, I'm. I mean, I, I can understand that. I'm more talking about, and Rob knows what I'm saying when I say this. You pull the bottle to make the drink, and then that bottle. Yeah dies right there where you made the drink and you just go about yeah. your merry way. And then I go to pull the bottle from where we all know it's supposed to be and I can't find it. Yeah. And then I have to search up and down the bar for it. So I get it. But my question is this, where is this born out of? Have you always been super organized in particular with things like labels, even before you got to be a bartender? Is this really born out of some of that? Um... This is, this is some European stuff, isn't it? No, no, no. no, I, exactly. no, no. I wonder if it's born out of, <laughs> out of the craft, right? Like making different syrups and, 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 and pre-batching uh, things and, and prep cooking, right? Is that what it's born well, out this, of? This, this, this is born from some of the bartending mentors I've had in my life. Um, I told you my man, Griff, bartender Griff from uh, Flat Tail and lives in Idaho now. One of my best friends in life, Kyle Davis, he was a front of house manager. We've been friends since we were 15 and 16. He was a front of house manager at that brewery I worked at. And these guys, these are people I learned a lot about service industry and, and the way to do things. And you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just about who taught me, you know, really, mm -hmm. that's, that's really it. And, mm -hmm. and then as you go through different things and like when I was teaching EBS, then it's reiterated. Like, it's, it's like, oh, this is how it goes. And that let me know that I was being taught by some really good people mm. because now as we're getting in a more professional setting, you're seeing some of the things that they were having us do, like in a brew pub, a sports bar, and people want this at fine dining and things are like, okay, you know, we were doing things the right yeah. way. Yeah. You know? that's so, I, and that's why yeah. I wanted to ask the question. <laughs> Yeah, it, that it didn't yeah, necessarily yeah. come from the the craft. It kind of came from your origin story back when you even were dishwashing at a brew pub, right? Like the de the orientation to detail. So, all right, were well, there look, any other misconceptions like, that customers might have about the business? Uh okay. Here, here is a, a huge misconception. I actually don't drink that much. I I enjoy drinking and I like drinking, but I I just never was a big drinker yeah, even i could think like when i was 21 and we're playing ncaa football and xbox and shotgun and beers and stuff you know doing different things you do when you're 21 i still was never a big drinker nobody in life can ever tell you like i was a big drinker i had issues definitely but they weren't with alcohol and so a big misconception is that every bartender drinks a bunch or like if you come over to to my place i'm just gonna like just have so much alcohol everywhere you know what i mean like different times in life you get somebody to come home with you or whatever and like, oh yeah i can what do you got to drink and i'm like oh, i got apple juice <laughs> Pepsi. you, know you can mean? tell because all the labels are facing out in the fridge you can see exactly what i have yeah. <laughs> you can. Yeah, you can. And, and so they, they just oh do you not know how to like, read i don't know if we're gonna continue this, this date right now Sorry. So, no, so I mean, so people they think like that. I'm like, I don't know. The bartenders in general are supposed to be like, these yeah, alcoholics or something. It's like that. it's and, crazy. There is there is a label there, and I think it's because um, we do at times um, to set the atmosphere for a patron exude 
the party scene, right? And maybe yeah. some of us are living it, but not all of us are, right? There, yeah. there are plenty of nights where even just because I'm putting on that that kind of uh, ringleader type of vibe where it's like, yeah, let's all have a good time. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm getting, you know, twisted seven days a week. And I do well, think that there is uh, a weird assumption yeah. <laughs> of that. It's not that like, weird, I though. I mean, yeah, your, your job is synonymous with alcohol. And so, I mean, it's, it's a fair assumption to make. But, um, yeah, I, I know a lot of bartenders that don't hardly drink at all. So well, I, I, I want a much better thing. I want to make it known, like, I'm in the service industry because I love serving people. Like I love making you happy. Right. I love creating something that you enjoy. And, you know, even, uh, you know, if I was independently wealthy and become a millionaire, multimillionaire, I would still, I would never have would stop bartending. That's for sure. But I would have like parties at my house or something. I would still be in some type of way. Hey guys, come over. I got a bar over here. I'm going to be making drinks because me personally, I went out the other night with my friend, Sarah, and Harry, I had I had a screwball peanut butter whiskey on the rocks, and I had a six point six percent porter, and I was like smashed, <laughs> and I was like, "Oof, man, I I, I can't." I, I mean, they're like, "Are you kidding?" I'm like, "That's it, man. <laughs> you know, I'm done." <laughs> so, that's also that's, for me. that's a great skill. That's a great skill to feel and know your limits because some of us don't necessarily weren't necessarily born with that gene. I'm looking at me yeah, so and that's the misconception. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, what, what are you trying to say, Steve? What are you trying to say? Uh, I, I, I'm trying to say we've been on more than a few camping trips. I don't remember. Um, it's it's oh, also okay. a great way to yeah, go say, on, know this too. With misconceptions, you know, you get this a lot too. Uh, people seem to be shocked or surprised if you can tell them you've traveled, you've been around the world. I've been to Paris and London, oh, yeah. Dublin and Greece. And because the expectation is what? Because the expectation is what? It's like, uh, you think that I can't buy a plane ticket and go somewhere because I'm a bartender? Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, that's like, what they think. Know? That is exactly what they think. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you're the only one who knows how to access SkyScanner or Google Flights. Like, no, I want to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I want to go. Yeah, but like, not only like, that, how many, how many of those people who may have traveled and would assume that have ever been invited to a location because of their skill, because of their job? And yeah. got to travel to different places be exactly because of what you do for a living. So it, yeah, that's a it, that's it a does it does seem kind of odd that these uh, customers think that like Southwest doesn't let you get on the plane if you've worked in the service business. It's like he's a did you he's a bartender when you were fifteen. Fuck you, you're yeah. not gonna fly with Southwest. Yeah. Spirit <laughs> spirits right down there, the other terminal. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, oh it's amazing. But it, I think because you're in the service industry, so you're like you're serving other people. So you're like their servant, and then if they haven't gone somewhere, they're like, well, how do you? Yeah, my you can't servant, possibly does, have gone there. Right? Deserve to go to Paris <laughs> or something, and I've never been to Paris. And it's like, well, because you That's have. Awesome. Two hundred dollar oh Jordans on and Gucci belt, and I chose to buy yeah. a plane ticket. I don't know. And, fa and thank you for the tip. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, Mike. Team up for question number two. All right, question number two. Best and worst tips. Perfect segue there. Uh, if you're going to ask me to tee it up, Steve, you need to click the banner. I mean, I'm I'm only I had to human do the here. Bell. I was doing oh, the bell. The bell. Yeah, I know All that right. takes a lot of. I'll do the there. next. I'll, so, I'll <laughs> So, so best and worst tips. Now, it doesn't have to just be monetary tips. We do love hearing the stories about a really big tip or really crappy tip or getting stiffed. Uh, but this could also be like a gift or something that, um, you know, a regular or somebody, uh, patron brought in and left with you. Okay. You know what? Then actually, yeah, I got, 
I got that. Um, so in Corvallis, Oregon, I worked at the place Flattail Brewery. I worked there for five years throughout different stints, left, came back, you know, they welcomed me back. Well, for a time there, I really wanted to buy a Jeep Wrangler because I wanted to be a basic bitch. I wanted to take the <laughs> top off and the doors off. I just wanted to have a Jeep, right? Yeah, you're so, gonna have that nice uh, pavement princess sitting out in the in the yeah, lot. I got it. I, I got it. Rob, <laughs> Rob, I, that's what I wanted. I wanted it, right? <laughs> Rob, I got really drunk about a year ago and wrote a country song called "Every White Girl Drives a Wrangler." And uh, <laughs> if we ever meet in person, I will I will personally perform it for you because you're right. It is the car of the basic bitch. <laughs> that's what i wanted bro i wanted to take that was in oregon i wanted yeah. to go in like yeah the lean, lean into it dude go find bigfoot you know <laughs> that's what i wanted to do so i uh, i left the i left the bar industry for just like a year i was selling cars i got you know i got posted to go sell cars at toyota subaru and corvallis right and then uh, i was making really good money and so one day these these regulars they used to come into the bar all the time because they were from california but their daughter went to school at Oregon State University, which is where Corvallis, it's in Corvallis, right? Yeah. So they came up and they had come to the bar. Yeah, go beads. Hey. <laughs> so they came up and they were like, well, where's Rob? You know, uh, what, you know, we're, you know, we want to, they, they really liked me. And it was an older married couple. And they were like, oh, you know, he doesn't work here anymore. Uh, he works at the car dealership down the street. And they showed up at the car. It was like, it was my birthday. It was so weird because they were coming to visit their daughter and it was my birthday. And they showed up with this custom growler from a brewery by where they live in California. It was the nicest thing ever. It had a metal handle, a latch. Oh, it, it looked like it was at least worth 60, 80, a hundred dollars, something like that. And they were like, wow. Hey, we just came to bring you this. And I was like, Oh, uh, are you serious? <laughs> That's like, crazy. You remembered my birthday. Like I'm not like, not only that, the craziest yeah. thing about the story is that they got to where you worked, you didn't work there anymore, and then they went on a scavenger hunt to find you. Like that's insane. That's an insane little yeah. level of dedication to your bartending. And I just let me know. That was like really cool. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is so crazy. And I'm like, hey, so I mean, thank you for the growler. Do you guys want to trade in your car? You know? <laughs> <laughs> My next question was, did you sell them a car after that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tried to. I definitely tried to. That is special, man. That's and those are the types of tips that we love hearing about because we could we can sit here and talk, you know, getting stiffed, getting big fat, uh, you know, tips on on a you know a big check. But when you get that sentimental tip, that's something you know, somebody left with you, it's really special and it makes you feel special. And, and again, for somebody like you that loves to serve, that really loves to show other people a good time, that's got to be um, the thing that means the most to you, you know? So it's nice to matter. It's nice that you mean something that, you know, that you gave a guest a, an experience enough that they would remember something like your birthday yeah. and bring you yeah. a gift in a, like a really good gift. Wow. You could have gave me a $20 gift card to, target i would have been happy you know <laughs> i also know that, yeah the growler you're talking about are the, like those old german european ones with the metal like it's got the metal almost like gooseneck on it right and the rubber oh, stopper so, yes. my dad had one of, when i was a kid and i remember breaking it and he was like he was mortified he was like i can never find another one those things are not cheap yeah. man they're they're not easy to come oh. by so that's pretty cool yeah uh, it's amazing okay michael question number three that was right. seamless Qu 
Question number three, worst drink orders. So there's a few different ways we can look at this. Um, this can be like drinks that you hate to make. It can be drinks that when people order them from you, um, you know, maybe you, you kind of roll your eyes a little bit or, you know, maybe pass a little bit of silent judgment. Or it could be the worst drink that another bartender has ever made for you. Okay. Uh, actually, a couple of things happened to me recently. And so they're really fresh in my mind. So I'll tell you the first one, right? Guy orders. So right now where I'm at, it's all good because I got one more shift. This episode won't be out while I still work there. So perfect. <laughs> so, you're, not, you're not coming. You're not planning on coming back to Bar Harbor. I got it. I got it. No, 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 no. no. I can't get fired. You'll be okay. Um, guy orders a. It's, it's a service bar. It's pretty much like 98% service bar. So ticket comes in a machine. Old fashioned Woodford Reserve, right? So I'm okay. Make old fashioned. Now, I mean, my old fashioned is just going to be bitters, the bourbon, uh, a little bit of some, uh, simple syrup, and like an orange peel is what I'll do. But at the place I'm at now, they also like to do like a cherry, you know, so I'll do a cherry with it, and it's good. So I make it for them, and then it gets sent back. Ah, uh, you know, it just, it's kind of strong. It tastes too much like whiskey. I'm like... What? You ordered an old fashioned. Do you know what old fashioned is? It's just yes. sugared whiskey. It's sweet whiskey. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. And they happen to be sitting in the salon right next to the, the door going into the bar. It's like, you know, so I leaned over and I was like, okay, uh, you know, I want to make a drink that you, you know, you're going to like. So just walk me through how you would like for me to make your old fashioned. Oh, well, you know, it'd be really nice if you could. A muddle, an orange slice, and a couple cherries, and then give me like, you know, four four bar spoons of uh, cherry juice in there too, right? So I'm like, what? He needs to sure. go to the Green Turtle. This man from Wisconsin. Go. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's Look, from I Wisconsin. This, uh, I put this on Facebook, and so many people were saying that. Right? I was like, so I do it, and I'm like, you know, muddle everything, good, 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 give it to him, and he's like, you know. If you could do like one or two more bar spoons of the cherry, like the pomegranate oh, cherry, right? So I'm like, what? This is crazy. Like I'm looking at it, and it's it, it's like red. The whole drink is it's like it looks like, yeah, like, uh, yeah, sangria. You know what I mean? It, it literally looks like sangria. And so I put in like just. Putting like four more bar spoons. Though. Yeah, I was gonna say you didn't just do one or two. You're like, all right, you want a sweet motherfucker? Here you go. <laughs> you know, a couple and packets of Splenda in there, man. And I put in more simple syrup. So we're looking at like two ounces, two ounces of bourbon. I got probably almost one ounce of simple syrup, right? And you, it's got to be close to an ounce of the cherry juice as well. And an orange slice and two or three muddled cherries in there as well. And I'm like, this is like a monster, man. You know yeah, what I mean? Abomination. Frankenstein, give it to him. And he's like, oh, this is the perfect old fashioned. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, no, sir. What? Oh, no. No way. Yeah. And then right after that, like the next day, someone ordered a dirty martini with a splash of olive, right? So a splash of olive juice. I'm like, okay. I do do a splash of olive juice, you know. I, I make it, and I just do like, like I don't know, half a bar spoon of dry vermouth. I do some uh, some olive juice, 
and two ounces of gin they want it get them with three three uh, olives they they don't even tell the server they come to the bar themselves and like this has too much olive juice i just wanted to splash can you make me another one and i'm like i just man i did that was a splash okay what no worries no worries no worries no worries i'll do it this time i'm gonna make you one i'm gonna put the fucking olive juice on the side Okay, so <laughs> perfect. You just you put in whatever much you and and I made sure to put in a lot of olive juice on the side, like like a, you know what I mean, like way too much. And so uh, just to be funny, I guess, because whatever. And so <laughs> my server goes and gives it to him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, the bartender put it on the side this way. You can't be upset about how much olive juice you put in because you're the one doing." And he comes back and he's like, "Dude." She put in so much olive juice, it's crazy. And she's just drinking it. And I'm just like, what she put in more olive juice than I put in, and she complained that mine had too much. Okay. Okay. So both so of the people, <laughs> yes. I already know where Mike's head is at. <laughs> yeah, go I'm gonna let him go. Go. No, no, you go. You go. Because I no, usually well, steal your I just I need to can you I need you to, to describe these these oh, okay, yes. Me. Well. Where were you? Where were you, you going? Where your, where's your head at? I do need you to describe these people to us, what they look like. But this is, I'm telling you, Rob, this is one of the problems with this particular category. Constantly, there are patrons out there that are ordering drinks that either a they don't know what they are, right? In the case of the gentleman and his old fashioned, he thinks that's mm -hmm. what an old fashioned is. B, they don't actually know what it is about the drink that they like. That's another interesting one. That's yeah. like the, the second person, right? That that lady loves her martinis. She thinks that the ingredient that messed it up was too much olive juice, right? Because when she makes yeah. them at home, she does the whole fucking olive juice container. And so she really just likes olive juice and gin. She doesn't even understand what less or more is, right? Because she doesn't understand the ingredient that she likes. And then the third one, that I just recently encountered and that is also in this vein are the people that just order a drink to be fashionable. So for example, I'd like a skinny grapefruit crush. No, no, you don't because you don't know what that means. You just want to say the <laughs> word skinny out loud. That's all you want to do. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But I I'm telling you, they say skinny, skinny grapefruit crush, just soda water. I'm like, listen, lady, what makes it skinny is if I take out the fucking triple sec, which is just sugar, all right. You don't even know what you're ordering. So it, it just constantly, it drives me nuts when these people act like they're some cocktail connoisseur and they have no uh, idea in the world what they're ordering. But Mike is right. Let's get back to the point. What yeah. Are what, are, what is, what is the, what's the what old fashioned like? guy look like? I, yeah. I need to know. No, I need you to well, describe you know, it. Like how old? Well, you know, so, you know, where I'm at now, it's a really, really, really nice end. And like the average room is like 700, $800 a night. And so you're going to have a, you're gonna have an older, an older white group of people that are there. That's just the facts, right? And so you're also you know, in I, Maine too. So <laughs> yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> so you know, we would think because we we sell a lot of old fashions and Manhattans and martinis. So you know, you would think the guy he was like in his fifties. I'm like, dude, you you know what an old fashioned is? Like, this is crazy. And then if you're gonna have all of this stuff in it, why order Woodford Reserve? You could have just. Yeah. Right, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like but but, well. but again, 
but again, you dodged Mike's question. So he's old and he's white, but I need you to describe to me like what <laughs> kind of outfit is he wearing? What kind of outfit he's wearing? Does he have a you know like a Wilford Brimley mustache? Is he wearing glasses? Can he kind of give me this guy's vibe? Is no, he, he, he looked like he's wearing a lot of vineyard yeah, yeah. vines, right? No, he had on uh, he had on jeans, button up shirt, and he had on like a like like some boat shoes, very topsiders. Okay, you know what I mean. He just he just he looked he looked like like a kind of like a waspy. He looked like somebody that should know what old fashioned is. I was very. What do you think you his name this, was? What kind of what kind of name did he exude? It's like probably like you know one of these old fat like old New England names. You know the the like I don't know Tubby. Burp. Or something, you Bertram? know what I mean? To get the people, Tubby. yeah, something Tubby. like that. It's not, not the direction Bertram. I thought you were yeah, going. Something was like that. Tubby. No, no, I mean, not, like, not because, uh, it's, because it's like it's uh, like the nicknames they have for the people. Ooh, yeah, 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 you know, you know, you know, Tubby over there. Da, da, oh, da, I bet he. Know. I bet he was a <laughs> Jerome, tubby. but he goes by Jerry. You know, he's one of the last Jeromes. Probably, I mean, I, I, I was just know. like, man, this crazy. And the woman, she was, you know, she looked like she was in her in her forties. She, you know, she had a, like a super huge um, a wedding Rock. ring on. He was leaning. You know, oh, yeah. Man, I was just like, geez, blinding me. And I, I just feel like she just wanted to complain or I don't know. Maybe she just wanted to come up to the, I don't know. Because you could tell your server, you know, hey, I don't like this. And server can handle that for you. But when you genuinely, you want to come up to the bartender yourself, to a bar that, that is only a service bar, it's like you want your voice heard. It's like a power you know, move, kind of, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was like, you know, and I want a new drink, and I want the same gin. Like, don't be trying to give me the well. But I'm like, I'm gonna make you another one. Like, <laughs> oh, she she even like scolded you about like yeah. fucking with her drink. Really? Yeah, I'm like, dude, like I make I I literally every person in this place you see with a drink was made by me. Okay, so <laughs> relax, you know. So Plus, the lady, I, I want to do a good job. So it bothers me if you don't like your drink. I want to do a good job. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. A, there's a limit. There's a limit because that the lady is confusing because it does seem like she just wanted to complain because how do you not know what olive juice tastes like compared to gin? The the guy though, yeah. my question is, you know, there are places like the Green Turtle in Maryland where Steve went and ordered an old fashioned, and that's the old fashioned you made him. That is what they gave him because the just Green cherry, Turtle is not a just bar. Just grenadine, just grenadine and whiskey. It's a sp- oh. It's a sports bar. It's not a place you go yeah. to order an old fashioned. And it's but this a fine guy, establishment. Did they shake it's it too? Fine... Yeah. yeah. Oh, they <laughs> did. This is... They did. I'm not but, sure they did. My question is Has this guy never ordered an old fashioned before? And he's like, I'm going to try that tonight, you know? And looked up some fucked up recipe online and had some weird expectations. Or does he go and order old fashions every time he goes out and they're no. never fucking right? I mean, well, how does that even play out Here, when, in your my, 50s, for God's sake? Here's my thought. He goes to one bar. There's only one bar in his hometown he goes to. He goes to the same place. And he he had he's now at this point. He has conditioned the bartenders when he walks in. They're like, "Get the fucking cherries! Get the cherry Jerry. juice!" Yeah, old old Jer- old Tubby oh. just showed up. <laughs> Cherry oh, Jerry's man. back, you know that kind of thing. And so now, when he goes it on vacation, crazy. he expects everybody to just know his fucking weird. Or maybe, you know, yeah, he, maybe he thinks maybe he thinks that that's what an actual that's old fashioned is like. At that case, I would I would I would feel bad for him. But okay, we're gonna yeah. go to question number four. Ultimate mistakes and fuck ups. Now, these can be yours or your coworkers or another bartender that you've seen out in the wild. 
Uh, I mean, ultimate. Ooh, uh, you know, I, I could tell you there was one time I was working at a bar in Eugene, Oregon, called I forget the name. Go Ducks. <laughs> yeah, Go Ducks. I forget. Oh my goodness. Anyway, it was in Eugene, and um, a guy, someone came, and they were like, "Hey, you know, can I get uh, a gin and tonic?" And I would like to have, you know, a call gin, whatever, whatever was on the back bar there. I made it with the well gin. Uh, I handed it to them and they were like, no, I, I want it. I want that gin. I'm like, oh, yeah, you, you said that. Dude literally made them the same exact well gin and tonic again while they were standing right in front of me. <laughs> second time did it and I was like, dude, what am I doing? You know what I mean? And I was like, okay, I'll be old. I was like, turn around, grab it, make it. And I just, I just couldn't believe it. It was just like, what am I doing? And then, you know, you know, you go back to the kitchen. Hey, guys, I got two gin and tonics if you guys want, you know. There you but, go. Uh, Grease the wheels a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it, 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 it'd be stuff like that. Or, um, you know, okay, here, here, here's, a, here's a question for you guys, actually. Long Island oh, okay. iced tea. Long Island iced tea. Does it have tequila in it? Yes. Yes. No? yes. Yes. What? Oh, my God. Absolutely. Dude, I'm like. I'm like going and getting a Long Island iced tea, and I could just tell from the amount of bottles he's picking up that he's short something, you know? Because I'm like, are you picking up vodka and gin, light rum and tequila, boom, and you're going to do triple stack or lemon juice or sour, make whatever you got, boom. You know, I'm just like, hold on, you missed something. And he was like, oh, yeah, no, no, I don't put tequila in it. When you add tequila, it's a Texas tea. And I was like, no, 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 no. Long Island iced tea has tequila. When you add whiskey is when it becomes a Texas tea. You can Google this, you know. I, this is <laughs> and, yeah, of course. And uh, they're like, what? He's like, he's like, no, 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 no. And I'm just, okay. I'm not, I don't want to be that guy. I don't, I don't like being that guy at a bar. So I'm like, okay. I just know I'm not going to order Long Island from you. Or I'm going to ask you yes. tequila in it. And I'm like, who, who taught you this? And I put this on a Facebook group too. And there was 300 responses. And everyone's like. It's like middle of the road. Well, where I live, you don't put tequila in it. Well, that's a very yeah, is that, are, are you in that's Texas? Always a controversial <laughs> drink. It it really is. Yeah. That that drink that's brings great. out the worst in everybody. I don't know. So, you know, obviously you're familiar with our show enough now that you kind of get what our shtick is. We're trying to give people a roadmap to the business while we have bartenders yeah. tell us great stories and 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 kind of get to reminisce on their careers. That's the fun of it. One of the rules that we've developed on the show is that you're only allowed to drink a Long Island from the day of your 21st birthday to the day of your 22nd birthday. After that, no more. You're done. No more Long Islands. I don't want to hear yeah. about it. It is a very, you know, people get viscerally mad when it comes to the Long Island and the now, trash can and all the other. Is there, is there a loophole for the Texas tea? No. What do you mean? <laughs> No, no. Not, yeah, no, we just no, say you, even, you can't drink in Long Island unless you're 21. But I don't know. If be an adult, order a double. Be an adult, order a double of yeah. whiskey. Okay, I'm not saying if a you have to Island, have them have them put some cherry juice in it if you really That's need them to. We'll just make you a nice kitty cocktail. It's gonna be fine. Don't worry. There you go. There you go. I love how your your idea of ultimate mistakes and fuck ups is you mismaking a gin and tonic and another. Well, bartender. twice though. Come on, twice. Yeah, I mean, but listen. You know how many times I've been a behind? What, what was bar? going on? Was, what was going on in was your tired. head when that was happening? You just had to be tired, right? I don't know. It's just, it's just like you know, you're just making stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Boom. Sometimes I, I your arms it. are moving, 
right? And, and your I'm brain like, is not connected to him. What, what did what did he yeah. say the second time when you hand, tried to hand him the same drink? No, the second time I caught it. I just had okay. finished making it because I, you know, I poured the gin and I was gotcha. like, oh my God. I just, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. Customers just sitting there like this motherfucker is trying to punk me out or something. Like I just told him not to use that fucking gin. (laughs) I'm like, dude, my bad. (laughs) Well, like you said, you had you had a couple drinks to take back to the kitchen, so all all's well that ends well. But you know, sometimes have you guys ever done this where you make a drink and you forget an ingredient? Steve, shut up. Uh, where we forget to where we forget to use an ingredient. Yeah, I have a drink now called Smoking Berries that I made, also in Norway, that's also on the menu here. And I made one for these girls. They were going to see the Barbie movie, right? And uh, I made a Smoking Berries for them. And then as I made the next Smoking Berries for a different customer, and I was reaching for the Mezcal, I was like, uh, I don't think I reached for the Mezcal the last time I made this drink. Yep. Because yep. I don't remember doing that. <laughs> so it really bugged me and then like t- 10 minutes later i went over to the cup co- i was like no does your drink taste smoky at all and she was like no it just tastes like strawberry and juice and i was like what did you do did you make them another batch <laughs> okay first i tried to remedy it by just pouring some mezcal, some mezcal. But it, had already been, <laughs> yeah. it had been sitting and stuff and then i was like wasn't really happy with that and i was like you know what here, you can have that one, but I'm going to make you a brand new one. It's going to taste better all mixed together and stuff like that. But yeah, I totally just gave her like citrus, some tropical juice, some strawberries. And so there you go. I, I'm, I'm working <laughs> high, I'm working high volume right now. So that's one that I do all the time. Right. You know, I'm just, I'm moving too faster. My body's moving faster than my head can move um, or at least yeah. relay information. And so I'm missing, you know, I've definitely missed ingredients. That's a common one, but man, you are so critical of yourself. And I, maybe that's what makes you better is that you're, again, you're so like this category. We're usually talking about drop trays and like spilled drinks and broken ice. And I love how, how your ultimate mistakes are these, like, I didn't get the drink. Perfect. It needs to be <laughs> perfect. God damn it. It's yeah. going to live with me forever. <laughs> It's it's I, yeah, I really res- I respect that I do. It's like my name's on the line, you know. I'm a representation of my drinks are a representation of me, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Whether you've heard about me or not, when you get a drink from me, this might be the only drink you ever get in life from me. So your opinion could be there's mm. just that drink, like you know. I don't care. I'll and if that's what you say, Robbins. Terrible. Yeah. Even well, alcohol. if you, if, yeah, I was gonna say, if you give them a drink that doesn't have any alcohol in it, that's definitely gonna sway their opinion a bit. I'll, I'll, I'll give, the, I'll give it to you on that one. <laughs> yeah, Rob, exactly. before we move on, I do have. I gotta press you. You know, the gauntlet's not supposed to be easy. We gotta put the screws in you a little bit. So you've been an instructor. You've taught other people yeah. how to bartend. I yeah. know you have a story about some young bartender coming up, or somebody that you've seen out in the wild that has made a big big mistake behind the bar and i'm not talking i'm not talking about one of these things that you're holding yourself to i'm talking about the broken no, we're talking about like showing up to norway without a visa kind of mistake. yeah yeah that <laughs> level of mistake that's what we're talking about thank you oh buddy. man i mean you know you got all type of stuff um oh pardon me I, i've worked with people that said they were bartenders that said they had these skills and you get behind the bar you're gonna know pretty quick you know, you can mm-hmm. say whatever you want to say, but as soon as these tickets start rolling and these drinks gotta come up, you know, and you're like, so um, what? How? What? Are, wait, what is this? 
<laughs> Are you asking me what this is? This is a jigger. How do you not know what a jigger is? Okay, hold on. Hold on. Now we've got to start deconstructing everything because what's going on here right now? You know yeah, I mean? you've just you you just made 10 drinks. Now I don't know about any of those that just went out, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? You know, and then they, they were completely overwhelmed. They, you know, that said that their skills were more than they were. By the end of the night, you know, I'm like, okay, look, how about this? You could just help me restock some stuff, go downstairs, grab this, grab that, grab some rum, do this. And man, they're putting the rum in the fridge. I'm like, dude, that's not white wine, that's rum. Mine is completely frazzled, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, oh my God. You're like, hey, it's time to hit the showers, kid. I think we can call it a game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, let's hey, see, I look. Yeah. I'm sorry, Rob. I, I know the, the virtual stuff, we're tripping all over each other. Uh, no, it's just funny because we have talked about on the show so many times, because Steve, literally, that's one of the ways he got his job. He just lied about being a bartender. We've had many guests yeah. on or that have talked about just lying to get a bartending job, and it can go and one of learned. two ways. One, you can yeah. squeak by, and maybe there's somebody there that's willing to kind of take you under the wing and help you out, or you just get completely called out right there, and it's just yeah. you know very obvious that you made it all up, and all of those kits were you know forged i think there is um, so a, i think there, there is a th- mike there is a third option the, the third option is you lie to get the job but then you care enough to keep it like the second that i got the uh my first ever bar gig i went straight to barnes and noble which was i don't know if you guys remember it was this store before amazon um where you could buy <laughs> books it was pretty amazing do they, have, walk do they in, have tonka could, beans or I don't know. They probably have a book. They probably had books book on top of beans, but you could walk in, you could <laughs> purchase a book, and you could walk out with it the same day. It was an amazing, amazing place. <laughs> and I bought a bar. I bought a bartender pocket Bible. You know the old bartender Bibles, right? And yeah. I'm telling you, for that first six months, while well, while well, I was in the service bartender hole, I just slept that thing out of my pocket and looked up the ingredients really quick, and then threw it back in my pocket and moved on with my day. And that is how I piecemealed it together. Until I, I really started to memorize and learn the drinks. And I had, like Mike said, some good people around me that, thank God, took the time. But, um, yeah, I mean, you can't lie at a certain level, right? Like, exactly. it's not like... Yeah. You, you have to know. Like, you, you have to know how to shake a drink. You have to know. I mean, you got, like, if you know how to some of the basics, then all you're needing to learn is the ingredients, right? And the, yeah, and the once recipe, you have that yeah. memorized, right. you're good to go. But you just need to know the recipe, so... But if you don't even know what a jigger is, you don't know how to properly close a shaker tin, how to shake it, which end goes up. You know what I mean? I'm like, whoa, we're like at the very, very, very beginning. And a high-level service bar, a high-level fast-paced service bar is not the place for you to start. You should yeah, be exactly neighborhood pub, corn shots. Beers, two part drinks, Cokes, the occasional like that. cocktail. That's right. it. Or, or just I be honest. Jump in. Yeah, just be honest with the establishment. And tell them that that's what you want to do, but just work your way up to it, just like you did. Start out dishwashing, busing, whatever you got to do, and just keep move, moving towards that. Because yeah, otherwise you're just going to set yourself up in a really bad spot, and you're going to affect the other people around you, which is not something you want to do. Uh, okay, question number five. Health code violations. Now, it's very important, Rob, before you answer any part of this question. We have a rule here on the show. Protect the innocent. And the guilty. Mostly the guilty. guilty. Especially (laughs) the guilty, yes. Um, So, But tell us about some of the crazy shit you've seen. 
saying, I ain't no snitch, you know, so I can't be jumping names. <laughs> man, I, 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 man, I've done time keeping my mouth shut, so I ain't going to be letting it slip here. But um, what, what I can tell you, tell you about situations with no names. Um, I mean, <laughs> I've seen all type of manners of things happen in walk-ins uh, that <laughs> people having sex in walk-ins. Uh, now you've seen condoms. people or you were uh, yeah. one of hey. the I, time I, you, you're, you're, you're going to open the door like, ah. Uh, Okay, my bad. <laughs> All right, I, I, I'm <laughs> sorry because I, I I cut you off at condoms, so please continue. I was just saying, you know, uh, you know, use condoms in there, all type of stuff. Like, dude, like left it, left in there afterward. This is a Denny's. I know this is a fucking Denny's, man. This is. A... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you have you have to pick this up. I mean, ooh, I mean, I've I've walked in on different staff doing different kinds of drugs. <laughs> I mean, like. Everything, you know, I'm like, oh man, I ooh, it's, it's, it's been a lot. It's, it's been a lot, let me tell you. So, um, so I gotta, I gotta ask about the the condom, which you know, and I applaud them yeah. for using protection, you know, good on them. But all in the walk in, like, so was it, was it frozen? Was it just the on the floor? floor? Yeah, was it just no, on the floor? It, was it, it was just, it was on the floor. It was like they had just finished, you know, and it was like. Yo, somebody gotta come pick this up. I'm not That's bad up. manners. Really? That's just bad manners, yeah. man. I think I think yeah, what it was anyway. is that the guy was showing off a bit. You know, he's like, "I'll leave that there, so everybody knows." You know. Oh my god, it's terrible, and it's like, oh man, you know. But sometimes that's that's like it's a, it's a place you can go. Not many people are gonna access it, especially when you get to like the evening and you think about it. It's just one bartender, right? You're gonna have maybe a cook might have one server you know especially when you're getting late into the evening mm-hmm. then all the management oh, yeah. has gone home so it's the, o- yeah, it's the overnight crowd yeah of course yeah right? it's a free for all you know especially like from midnight to two in the morning from midnight to two in the morning because like the manager will go home like around 10 you know they'll, they'll usually work like two to ten or something like that they're gone I guess yeah, I guess so. what it is is Rob. I feel the way about condoms that you feel about labels being faced out. Like, <laughs> if if I use my condom immediately once it's done, it's going in the trash. I don't think there's <laughs> ever been a moment in my entire life upon using a condom that I'm like, I'm done with this. I'm leaving uh, it right. Uh, 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 hold on, a uh, hold on. That's not true because I vividly remember a story of you forgetting to take a sheepskin condom off. And oh, well, having that's it, different. yeah, that's different. That's different. Yeah, that's different. this, I, that's this guy forgot. Hold on. For- hold on, hold on, hold on. You're <laughs> right. I forgot. We don't need to rehash that entire tale. But I, I want to. But he I hasn't heard it. Let me thank you. No, I was all right. Look, Rob, here are the sparklings. Okay, <laughs> I was living at the beach. I met a nice young lady. We were about to participate in. In you know, coitus bumping, bumping nasties, and I did not have a condom, so I ran to my roommate at the time and I said, Hey, do you have one? And I had forgotten that he was allergic to latex, and so he goes, Yeah, but it's a sheepskin one. I was like, Should I know anything about that? And he's like, No, it feels great, it's like it's like real skin. (laughs) I was like, like, Awesome, cool. So I grab now it's still a Trojan, right? But it's just not made of uh, it's not made of whatever plastics or 
polyurethane or whatever. Anyway, I put the thing on. We do the deed. We may have had a little, uh, you know, a few drinks that evening. So we conclude. And instead of immediately like taking it off, I just fall asleep with it on. And unfortunately, I had not taken the time to read the warning label on the back of the Trojan pack that said, do not under any circumstances leave this on your cock because <laughs> semen and sheepskin condoms basically turn into cement when left alone just <laughs> ruminating so what happens is i wake up the next morning i let this young lady out and i realize i go to pee and i realize i can't get this off my my dick i can't it's literally stuck to my dick so there i am laying in the bathtub with the water running feet up on the wall with the water running down onto my dick with a pair of little like nose trimmer scissors cutting it off oh like in, like literally quarter inch by quarter inch it was one of the most harrowing experiences of my life i got to a point where i was like i can't do this i got to go to the er i tried every solvent in the house i was spraying that fucking thing with windex dude it was bad <laughs> oh, this it is the picture bad. we need to see uh, anyway you know you don't think you don't think picture i would never let you live it down <laughs> oh my you know God. what they call I, uh, having sex with a with a sheepskin condom it's a what? it's a shepherd's shepherd's three-way oh because you're, <laughs> you're you're technically not just fucking somebody else you're also kind of fucking a sheep so that was the most oh painful shepherd's God. pie get, of get, my life. Getting all, all up that. inside those guts, quite literally. <laughs> anyway, somehow, somehow, <laughs> I feel like it's at least, look, even despite my mistake, I did not rip it off and leave it on the kitchen floor, right? I didn't leave it in the walk-in cooler of a commercial eating establishment. That is insane. Well, you, you wouldn't have been able to behavior. because it, it was stuck to you. Yeah. That's very true. Well, if I would have taken it off immediately, that wouldn't have been the problem. Anyway, Fair enough. it just the only thing that could be worse than that is if that condom ended up like in one of the prepped items within, Ooh, you know, like yeah, in, no shit. That's like grounds like a for vat of shut sauce. down at that point in time. Oh, yeah. You got to shut I down. Mean, definitely, you got it. Definitely. For sure. Like, you got to throw out everything at that point. Including the employees. Drink and food. My God. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> All right. Actually, well, I think I actually, that. I, I actually did have a serious question. Um, yes. Did, did you notice any difference uh, in between European and uh, American establishments as far as, uh, you know, overall um, health violations health or health codes and stuff? Yeah, like, yeah health standards. Yeah. Um, well, it kind of depends by the country. So in Norway, Norwegians are really. Uh, by large, like the majority, they're, they're rule followers. It's kind of by nature, you know, they, you have rules, you follow them. There's not a lot of gray area. It's this or that. And as Americans, we understand there's lots of gray area. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like um, over here, it'd be like really strict, strict, strict about some things. And then over here, it'll be kind of loose goosey about some things and then i can also go from establishment to establishment but by and large it's like you know you get you get someplace well, okay in europe i find mostly that vermouth is refrigerated all the time <laughs> in america vermouth is like when does that vermouth from i got it as like a wedding gift yeah. 20 years ago <laughs> yeah yeah we gotta we gotta turn you we gotta turn you on to a uh, herd card game uh it's uh you know cards against humanity yeah, the yeah. game 
Yeah, so it's it's like Cards Against Humanity, but it's for the service industry. But there's literally a card in that deck that is Ooh. unrefrigerated vermouth. So you're you're speaking to a lot of yeah. people because that's that's kind of a trope here in the states that uh, you know vermouth typically goes yeah. unrefrigerated. So it sounds like they know what they're doing a little bit Man. more in, in Europe. So you know, see, this is the thing. It's weird because it's like you know, it's like a lot of cocktailing and everything is, is, is American. It started in America. It's like this is we're like the originators of so many things. But then, like, we've gotten lazy about it over the years. So it's like Europe and Europeans have come up underneath that, and they're reading the stuff that we did. So they're like, you said to do it this way, so this is the way we do it. And we're kind of getting lazier and lazier over time, and things are kind of falling apart and, you know, getting loose with recipes and stuff. And so they're now, like, doing things that we did better than us because they're like, this is the way it's supposed to be done. And you're like, well, it could be done this way. It could be done that way. I had a Shirley Temple argument. It was like, look, Shirley Temple, bro, we're going to do Sprite, we're going to do Grenadine, throw some cherries in there. No, no, it's made with ginger ale. Listen, it's made with Sprite. <laughs> I would tell you, it's made with Sprite. No, 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 no. The original recipe, listen, it's named after the original Shirley recipe. Temple, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the original recipe is ginger ale. Sprite wasn't even invented until like the 60s or 70s. So it was ginger ale. And I'm like, okay, listen, I get what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I'm telling you, come to America, 90% of the time, when you ask for Shirley Temple, it's going to come with Sprite. Okay, that's yeah. just, or 7 Up. It's going to be 99.99%. And yeah. also, Shirley yeah. Temple didn't even fucking like that drink. So, I mean, no, it's whatever did. you want it to be. We learned that on the show. We learned that on the show. So, this is what um, I'm saying. They're like more strict about it. Like, you know, and we're like, eh. You follow yeah, the rules that, to the team, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that the, stan- the standard is the thing that seems to distinguish here. But, um, all right, what a what an unbelievable first half of the gauntlet that was. We're going to take a very quick halftime break, and we're going to be right back with Rob and some more stories here in a second. Welcome back, Barflies. What a halftime it was. Psych! Just fucking kidding. It's still halftime. And you know why it's still halftime? Because you motherfuckers, you hit that goddamn skip button. All the fucking post-production work that Michael does for you, you hit that skip button, and you go right in the second half of the gauntlet, and you don't appreciate the wonderful executive producers that are they're putting their hard-earned money on the line to support us and bring you this unbelievable motherfucking podcast. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to listen to the names of these special people that Mike's about to read, okay? And their drink of choice. You know why? Because they're not just barflies. They are the executive motherfucking producers for this episode, this free content that's going into your fucking ear hole right now. (laughs) So listen up. And by the way, if you do want to be an executive producer, get your name and your drink of choice. Shout it out during halftime. All you got to do is leave a tip on PayPal under the bartender rant podcast at gmail.com. Mike, take it away. That was great. I'm actually really glad we didn't write anything for that. You motherfuckers need to be listening. These people are fucking bringing the show to you. All right. First of all, we got Big Daddy Mike with his 7 and 7 and Maraschino Cherry. Uh, Not a very manly drink, but a manly man. Uh, We also have Chandler. And why don't I have her fucking thing here? What was her goddamn drink? Chandler, I am so sorry. We're going to have to re-record this at some time. Chandler, heard card game. She's been a huge supporter of the show for the longest time. For some reason, I don't have her drink written down. Oh, Fucking brass monkey, that funky monkey. That's what it is. All right, then we there got Leah go. Grace, 
Leah Grace from the infamous uh, Vegas bar crawl. Uh, Leah Grace, the old fashioned. What a fucking gem that woman is. We had such a great time with her. She is. So she has great. truly been a huge supporter and just a wonderful person. We can't wait to see her again the next time we're we're in uh when in Vegas. Then we got Brandon from the Bartenders, uh, Daiquiri and Car Bombs. He didn't want us to say Car Bombs because of PC bullshit. Steve and I say fuck that PC bullshit. Blow it up, Car Bombs, motherfucker. But of course, the Daiquiri in the coupe glass. Brandon's also, one of Brandon's favorite. Also, Brandon, I'm sorry we had a Florida State girl on the show. Okay. <laughs> and then we got uh, Leo from paris well he's not from paris he's from brazil but paris france is where he's currently staying he likes to enjoy himself a nice grasshopper leo has also been a great support of the show and we really really appreciate that then we got the one and only javier again from the infamous vegas bar run uh bar crawl and dactyl death daiquiri we know exactly what javier's drinking um and yeah i'd actually like to have another one of those because that fucking dr bird really kicks your ass and then last but not least, we got Regina Grace, who we're going to be getting to see here in September in Baltimore in person and finally get her on the show. Once again, has been a huge supporter, huge listener of the show. Um, and we love her, even though her drink of choice is a draft netty light and a hot malort in a shit. You're a bad person. Blue. I don't care what, what Mike says. I don't care what Mike says about you. It. You're a bad person. We're going to have to drink this in September. So I don't, I don't know. Hopefully I like it. I don't know. If you bring Malort to my home, I will lock you up. Um, <laughs> but seriously, guys, thank you, thank you so much, all of you, for listening along. We love doing this podcast; it's so much fun. But seriously, thank these people. They're they're actually helping us, and and a little bit goes a long way. You know, it helps us pay for our subscriptions. If you guys want to get your name on an episode, you can join our Patreon, or you can just drop a, drop us a buck or two on our uh, Gmail account. But either way, we just appreciate appreciate you listening, and we just want to keep fucking doing the show because it's too much goddamn fun. No doubt. Okay. Now pinch off those shits, finish up those darts, refresh those drinks, and now back to the show. Okay, welcome back, Barflies. What a halftime it was. I mean, it was only about 30 seconds in our world, but I hope you had a wonderful time and you are enjoying your Blovays cocktails if you're not out there driving along with us. And you're actually enjoying the show and doing what you're supposed to, drinking along with us. Um, so many amazing stories in the first half of The Gauntlet, Rob. Thank you so much for being patient with all of the craziness tonight. Before we get into the second half, I have a, an incredibly important question for you. Now, you're a world traveler. You've bartended in six countries. And so I'm very interested to hear your take on Ranch versus blue cheese. <laughs> Answer right now, Rob. Oh, I mean, I'm going to go ranch. Ran ranch all day. But wow. Wow. Over, like, it's ranch, but blue cheese is where it's at. I didn't start liking blue cheese really until a few years ago. I was having a whiskey tasting in Dublin, Ireland, and all they had was crackers and blue cheese. And I, I just got hammered, I guess, drinking all this whiskey. And I was just like, eating the blue cheese and I loved it. And I was going to every table taking their blue cheese. And now I just love blue cheese. I, I love it. But like See, I, for my entire I feel, life, was it yeah. I was going to say, I don't think, I, I feel like you didn't recall that blue cheese story until you saw the disappointment on me and Steve's face when you said ranch. <laughs> and I, I've got to no. say, you know, <clears throat> I'm not sure I believe it. I'm not sure I believe it happened. Oh. As an ambassador to the European world of mixology and cocktailing, I guess it's kind of fitting that it would be ranch. I mean, that makes sense, you know. And we trust me, Steve and I have nothing against ranch. You know, we're we're ranchers we ranch. ourselves. I love it. 
It's delicious. No, but it's delicious. In Europe, in Europe, it's blue cheese. Like, yeah, you don't find ranch like that. Like, no one has just ranch. You know, in America, they have ranch everywhere. Yeah. That encouraged mm. me oh, yeah. to that. That encourages me to move out of this country so much. Let's yeah. get my ass. Like in Europe, you're like, like, do you have country- ranch? And you don't even have ranch in the grocery store in Norway. My mom came to visit me, and she was like, um, "I just, I just want ranch. Where's ranch? <laughs> you got to get those little three ounce bottles, and you got to bring it with you on the flight. That's what you got to do. You yeah, go. we don't even yeah. sell Airplane ranch in the grocery ranch. store. So, yeah. Well, the reason we've always asked that question is we need to weed out the ranch onlys. They're a group of elitists that must be stopped. They're kind of like the Illuminati, but somehow worse. And I have made it my mission in life to expose them. So I appreciate that you're a both. You're a lover of ranch that also accepts blue cheese. It doesn't sound no, like no, you no. have any I don't just accept blue cheese. I don't accept blue cheese. I love, I do like blue cheese. And I started it. out, there with, it is. you know, my mother's son. So I had ranch, you know, growing up and everything like that. Like I said, ever since that moment, I don't know what clicked in my mind, but now it's like there's almost nothing better than getting like a big fat burger and having some blue cheese on there, and barbecue sauce, and it's just there's nothing better. I love it. Like, Damn, the chunkier the better, baby. All right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, question yeah. number six. Okay. Ratchet and crazy customers. Now, these can be the customers that are wiling out. They're acting a little stupid. Somebody that's really memorable for their bad behavior, but we've expanded this category. Mike, explain exactly how. Yeah, this can also just be memorable customers. The people who brought you that growler on your birthday would fit this category. So we love hearing about the crazy people that sometimes we wish we could forget. But uh, there's also room in this category to shine the light on a a guest or a customer that, that, you know, really struck a chord with you. I mean, you know, I, I look back at different times. I've had some some great customers that you know have tipped me hundred dollar bills off like one drink, which is crazy. You know, I'm like thankful, but like whoa. Uh, I've worked in bars where you know you could dance, you know, you could dance on the bar top and everything. So that was getting kind of wild and crazy. People doing belly shots. Uh, I've been in places where people are so hammered. It's like. There's all type of madness going on, like just oh, oh my gosh. Um, but I, but I've also been kind of blessed. To like, it's, it's it's nothing too crazy. I mean, I don't know. Maybe my gauge for crazy is a little messed up. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, maybe maybe um, maybe memorable would be a, a better route to take. I mean, I'd have to imagine in your travels, especially with some of these stops um, with ESP, you know, EBS. Um, that there may have been just some memorable mentors that have really kind of, you know, set you on. I mean, you've already mentioned some of them, a few of these other bartending um, yeah. and serving. Yeah, but this is ratchet uh, and crazy customers. This isn't memorable. I know, bar but that's, but that's but that, I understand. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The script. There have to be some memorable customers <laughs> in these different uh, stops you've had around Europe that have, you know, kind okay, of look, stuck with you. I can tell you this. I was, I was in Prague, right? And I was at this bar, can't remember the name of it. It was like this alleyway, you had to take steps down to get into it. And this was my early in my traveling days. So I remember thinking and looking at the bar taps and it said Budweiser, you know? And I was like, you have American beer on tap in Prague? Like, that's cool. Oh man, the bartender tore into me. It's not American beer. This is Budweiser. Budweiser is chip beer, and you guys stole it from us. It's not 
his name, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> he's struck a chord. So sorry, <laughs> I was like, yo, it was like, your Budweiser is a fake Budweiser, we have the real Budweiser, and I was just like, so. Was it was it actual? Was it the brand Budweiser that we know? On no, tap? that's what I'm saying. It, it's Budweiser, yeah. like it's in, in Europe. Okay, so you got to do all this research into it. And it's like so Budweiser can be called Budweiser in like a lot of countries in the world, but there's some countries in the world the Budweiser has to be called Bud because in those countries the Budweiser is like the Czech Budweiser. Like if you Google right now, Budweiser versus Budweiser, you'll see the different logos, the different names, and it's like it, is the flavor profile time. strict, like significantly different? Is it a Czech lager, still the same, or you oh, know, like yeah. a Euro yeah, lager? Yeah. I, I will be, I'll be for real. The, yeah, the, the Czech. I'm fascinated. Though. Way better. <laughs> way better. Really? Let me tell you. Yeah, well, I'm not way. surprised by that. You know that joke about. Um, what do what do having sex in a canoe and American beer have in common? What's They're that? both fucking close to water. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, uh, it, it it is something. It's um well because you know like for example, the, the style of beer, beer Pilsner is named after the town in the Czech Republic called Pilsen. Like so, that's where it came from. You know, so mm -hmm. that's where you say like you have Czech style Pilsners because the best Pilsners in the world comes from the Czech Republic because they created yeah. it and that's where it comes from. So it's like you could be drinking a Czech style Pilsner or you could be in the Czech having a Pilsner. You know what I mean? And so when you look at the Budweiser, it's just like, it's just so different. And whenever I come visit, I try to bring like a can or two because you'll see it in airports, duty free and stuff like that. And it's just something kind of cool. If someone were to bring you, you know, you're like Budweiser, Czech Republic, what is this? Mm -hmm. You know? So That's yeah, that, cool. that, that, that bartender, he was not very happy with me. And then he was oh, yeah. I bet he, more upset. I bet he yells it, at every American who, who's. He was more upset that, that I was also an ignorant American that didn't know that. You know, it's like, well, yeah, just think yeah. if if we ever get him on the show and we ask him this question, <laughs> then he can say, Ooh. "I'll tell you what, this real son of a bitch walked in yeah. this American <laughs> arrogant asshole, thinking he owns all the Budweisers in the world." Oh you man! Know, so if you ever do get like a, a European bartender, like some from Czech Republic or something like that, or somebody really passionate about beer that knows oh, Europe or something them. like that, I'm gonna be. You like, could just be I'm like, bring, so, <laughs> yeah. bring a bud on my bring a bud. <laughs> You tell, tell us all the ways that the American Budweiser is superior to the European Budweiser, and just watch yes. them. Yeah. And just watch yourself. <laughs> yeah. That's good to know. Good to know. Cruel. Your whole brain. We'll keep that one. In, we we will keep that one in our back pocket. All right. Okay. Question number well, seven. Shit. Oh, I was. I had. I had one more little question though. Go this ahead. Is this is this. This is a quick one. So, out, just since we're on the type of ratchet and crazy customers, which in this case you yeah. were one of those. You know, customers uh, out of out of all the different Despite places. Your best efforts, yeah. <laughs> out of yeah. all, yeah, you're just trying to look for a little bit of a connection with them, and they're like, "Fuck you, you American swine!" <laughs> just like uh, that. I love it. That's the <laughs> uh, where uh, you know, out of all the places that you traveled and worked and everything, what place has like the rowdiest drinking? You know, uh, you know, type of people. You know, you know. I don't, I don't know if that's a fair question, but scene. Yeah. Yeah, the, the rowdiest drinking scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. rowdiest drinking scene, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, you know, it's going to seem super, super uh, stereotypical. But, you know, they got a whole university with a logo and mascot named after them. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So mm -hmm. Let me tell you, when I was in Dublin, I'm in the area. So 
is an area in Dublin called Temple Bar. The area is called Temple Bar, but there's also an actual bar called Temple Bar. And that's where everyone, you go to Dublin, that's where you're going to go. And that's where all the tourists are at. That's where all the people are drinking. That's where all the young people are at. That's where, like, that's where everything, like, people are going there specifically to get into fights. And uh, you see, I, I don't want this to be, like, a representation of all of Ireland because it's definitely not. But mm-hmm. I just from my experiences when I was going through different times like that, and that could be a mixture of young Irishmen and also just tourists that are just wanting mm-hmm. to get rowdy in Ireland. Um, I'd say probably 50-50 mix. But, yeah, definitely a lot of crazy stuff going on there. Um, yeah, I got to say, Ireland, the UK can get pretty rowdy too. London, people people in London, they like to drink and box it out, go back to drinking. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, they'll just no problem. <laughs> Together. Them, fight and going back drinking. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, man, yeah. That, was a, that was a nice proper fight. You want to get a, was get a, a proper fight. Like, Goddamn yeah, so, punters. Let's yeah, get a punt. Yeah, was, That's yeah. great. All right. I'm sorry. I just I wanted we don't get to ask these kind of questions of every guest that we have on. So no, I I'm glad to, he told to, us about fights, arrests, and fires for question six when I'm about to say fights, arrests, and fires. Question seven. Uh, sorry, maybe All maybe right. I jumped the gun there a little bit. No, it's so. okay. I'm totally I'm messing around. I'm messing around. I'm glad <laughs> I think it was a really good question because um it's very apropos of the you know, like you're saying, you're not trying to speak for the entire country of Ireland. There's a lot of uh, cultural, just like richness in that in that nation. However, they are known to be the drunken, crazy Irishmen. Like that is a cliche, right? So I, th- I thought it's a it was a good follow up question. Now, question number seven. This particular category: fights, fights, arrests, and <laughs> fires. Um, it's really less about uh, you know the craziness of somebody throwing a punch or the police coming. The true nature of this question is when shit pops off, what are people made of? I've been at so many restaurants where a fire breaks out in the kitchen. And like you see, if that assistant manager can really hold her own, you know what I mean? Calm everybody down, make a plan. Right. Um, So when shit pops off in the restaurant business, when somebody is throwing bottles over the bar, what, what goes down? How do you handle it? What have you seen in this regard? Man, when stuff like that happens, I'm chilling. I, I'm, I'm not getting involved in nothing. Hey, look, look at me. You're not getting no help from me. I'm just saying this is this survival of the fittest. I'm a spectator, spectator only. Yeah, you got yourself in this situation. I'm here to make drinks. I'm not the bouncer. I'm not. Rob, this guard. is not the NWO not model. Okay, this is I'm, not the NWO <laughs> model. Baby. I'm just Come saying, on. man. No, I'm not. I'm not getting involved in nothing like that, you know, because when I go out, I don't get rowdy and things like that. And uh, yeah, so I'm like, you could like, people I'm, they look they look to you for help, and it's like, you gotta help yeah. yourself, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm less asking do. about uh, you you play you playing enforcer, and more like what you've seen when shit has really gone haywire at the bar. Oh man, okay. So look, I was in I was in Oslo, capital of Norway. I was in Oslo, and. I had I had I had met this chick and we had you know gone out a couple times or whatever, but it you know it it ran its course. And so now I'm I'm at this uh, place called uh, Gamla Gamla, yeah, and it's like right by Centrum and everything like that. And waited for the line to get in, get in there and everything like that. Some fight broke out. Now, based on my past, my history, things like that, when fights happen, I try to be, uh, be away from them. You know, whenever police mm-hmm. are around, I try to create distance between me and the police, like, all the time. I don't want to be near police. Right? Just go away. So 
um, somebody had thrown a bottle. I mean, like, bam, right? Crack some chick, right? Just split her whole wig open. Oh, oh God, shit. Right? And uh, so, you know, there everybody evacuated, 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 right? And uh, I didn't see who it was. And uh, then I'm outside and kind of standing there. And police are coming and everything. Politi, they're all there. And uh, ambulance is coming. And this, this chick's walking out. And her whole, I mean, dude, oh, my God. It was like so much red. It was crazy. And it was that chick that I had, to, I had been Oh, shit, before. really? It was her. I was like, oh. I was like, dang. See, that's why you shouldn't have ghosted me. <laughs> <laughs> that was See? nice. Perfect. <laughs> we got the full story there. No, but, that, but that's what happened. And I was just like so shocked because I'm like, you know. Are you so sure you didn't see who bottle. threw the bottle, Rob? Come on. I didn't see nothing. I don't know nothing. I don't know so nothing. Man. It was very unfortunate. <laughs> but she, she is. She's really cool and she's very beautiful. And we're still friends on Instagram and Facebook and everything like that, you know. But it was just like I couldn't believe it was her. I was like, whoa. Was yeah, that's like, crazy. Her whole face was that, did, felt so bad. Did you did you go there with her or did it just happen? No, no, no. I, I hadn't I hadn't seen her. I hadn't seen her in, in months, you know. This was like a you know, we hung out a few times and then you know, this is months later now. I was just there. And so this was like a totally random thing that happened. Yeah. So wow, that's crazy. woman was coming out with her with her face like on the, the towel and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, because one of her friends came out and I was like, yo, what happened? Who was in there? Like, oh, it was such and such. I'm like, oh, my God, it was her. Ooh, rough. Did you go? Did you go and say hi? Yeah. You know, I was OK. Look, I'm not always <laughs> going to be pretty. Sometimes I hear to be petty. You know, I was looking really good. I had like longer beard. It was all glistening with the oils I had in there. I was dressed. I had my Adidas jacket. I was looking real nice. And I just like, hey, what's up? Oh, dang, that sucks. That happened to you, you know? This with me that probably wouldn't happen to you. You know what? <laughs> exactly. Right? I wish we could go out and have a drink, but you need to go to the hospital. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what kind of guys you're hanging out with, but there are obviously guys that let you yeah. get hit in the face with bottles. <laughs> you probably oh, need to better guys. <laughs> I don't know. It just just general, ju- just subversion. Yes, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I don't want to give life lessons right now, but this is yeah. <laughs> that is, that so, is incredible. There's a lot of pressure you're putting incredible. on yourself, though, because now any woman that's with you is going to expect to never get hit in the face with a bottle. Yeah, no bottles. And no, got to be extra when vigilant. You're, when you're with me, you're always safe. Just know that always. <laughs> All Love right, it. question number eight. We already kind of touched on this one too. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. A little, now, a little slow on the bell there, Steve. We did already kind of touch on this a couple different times, but that's I think. No, I'm on a delay. I rang the bell before. You are on such that. delay. That's great. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. So I'm just going to, we're going to power through. We're so close to the end here and it's been such a fun time, but I think Rob being so well-traveled and well-lived, it's not hard for him to reach into his bag and pull out a story that might apply to a couple different categories. And, and so, yes, I know we've already touched on this, but here, here's the, the basics of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. This industry is a party. People like to turn up. That same uh, misconception that you said where uh, you're not a big drinker and people kind of assume that about you. There are plenty yeah. of bartenders out there that really get after it. And it can be a bit of a party scene. So tell us when uh, the bartending profession around you or in your experience has turned into that party scene. I mean, you know, there was a time when I was younger. You know what I mean? Um, 
know, I got different convictions. <laughs> the drug delivery possession and all type of stuff. You know, Rob does it all. Ben really been through it all. So <laughs> my younger years, there was, a, there was a lot of things happening where my main income was not coming from the service industry. Right. So I was still serving just other things. Right. So, um, <laughs> I mean, you know, we'd be parties like, you know, it's like almost like a movie, you know, the, the bar closed, we have a staff parties, you know, it's all the people from the restaurant, everyone's doing different things, different powders, different colors, just different pills. It's just like a whole, oh, you know what I mean? Um, that has definitely happened. And then also, kind of stereotypically, people get passed around restaurants, it seems like, you know. Whether it be a man or a woman, it could be both. It seems like sometimes you have different people that have been with different people. You're like, dude, this guy has hooked up with all the hostesses and all the servers or whatever. Or this uh, chick has slept with three of the guys that work here. Or she used to date him. Now she dates him. And we all still work together. Ooh, that's it. There is no yeah. other environment like that. It is insane yeah. how... Yeah uh how weirdly clicky this is and then yet we don't yeah. we almost don't kind of talk about it in the environment we can step back and talk about it but we don't talk about it yeah. in in the cut and not to glorify any of this but what you just said like when the bar closes and you turn it into your own little private after hours like club man that is just one thing that you'll never experience unless you work in a bar that kind of has a yeah. little is a little bit loose on rules. The owner's not always there. The manager's not always there. And you know, two, three o'clock rolls around, and now there's twenty of us in there drinking, having, you know, having our own little party in a bar that is technically legally closed right now. So it, it is. Listen, all that, all that, that matters exclusive. All that matters is that everything looks great by the time you open. Okay, there you, go. you know what I mean? So <laughs> 10 in the morning, 11 in the morning, noon, whenever your place opens, as long as everything is good, then, you know. Ain't nobody looking at the cameras. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, maybe go wipe a couple like... hours off the security footage. Yeah. As long as the it's wiped down and stocked, nobody's looking at those cameras. Let me tell you. <laughs> that's it. It's like, dude, that's it. You know what I mean? The only As a closer... Your only job is to make sure everything looks great by the time it's open. What happens in those hours? Do in your meantime, drugs in the bathroom like an adult. You know, that's what I always <laughs> <Yeah>. say. <laughs> you know, stay off camera and do, do your thing. You know, because that's where you got, sometimes that's where you got booze too. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that I do this. I'm not yeah. saying I, anyone yeah. I've ever been have done this. But sometimes, you know, if it's closed, you can't ring stuff in, you still want to drink, things happen. And then, you know, you're, you're sitting there paying something the minute you open. <laughs> How are you paying the bar a hundred dollars if we've been open for thirty seconds? Yeah, I just, I just need to bring that in. But you ever, my Rob? Have you last night? You know, no Rob, deal. have you ever? Uh, you know, you, your drawer's already done, so you don't want to touch the till. You don't want to touch the numbers, right? But you, you want to be, you want to be a good, uh, a good employee, right? You're not going to steal. So what you do is you do that handwritten, like I took this, 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 <laughs> I owe this, you. Yeah. and leave it there. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times working at Ocean Pride, Mike, back in the day, it was just like we we drank this, 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 this and this, and taped it to the computer. I said, "Ring it in the morning," you know. I mean, yeah, that happens. You know, it, it's the same. It's like it's the same. No harm, no foul. You know what I mean? As long as you're paying for stuff, it just depends on ownership, yeah. management. You know, 
and how cool some people are. Cause you know, it's like I've been in different places where it's totally not supposed to happen. But hey, man, the liquor store is closed. This that whatever. Look, man, we take this, but like tomorrow morning, you need to mm-hmm. replace this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you need to be at the liquor store when it opens, and this needs to be back tomorrow. And I didn't see nothing. I just, you know, I got 10 <laughs> bottles. I got 10 bottles here now, and there needs to be 10 bottles here tomorrow afternoon. Mm-hmm. You ever do that one where you talk them through it? There's going to be 10 bottles at 11 a.m., right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, there yeah, is. I mean, you know, so, hey, as long as they mainly people are looking for plausible deniability. If they can plausibly <laughs> deny that you did anything, if they didn't know nothing, then only you get in trouble. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told him not to there do it. That. I don't know where he got the idea. So if he gets caught, that's on him. <laughs> that is great advice for our young bartenders out there. Learn your legal terms, okay? Learn, <laughs> learn plausible deniability. All right. Question number nine Bar hazing, pranks, and games. Now, this is Mike and I's favorite category because, really, at the yeah. end of the day, these are all the fun things we do for team morale, camaraderie, and to pass the time when the restaurant or the bar is slow. I know the old adage, if you're leaning, you're cleaning. But when, when all the cleaning's been done, you're just waiting for that rush and you're trying to entertain yourself, what are some of the bar hazing pranks and games that you love from your time in the business? Uh, you know, it's always fun when you get new bartenders to have them shake things that are carbonated. Just, <laughs> oh, that's a new one. For, yeah, for whatever reason, it's it's so satisfying to watch it explode all over. <laughs> are you t- are you telling them too? It's like, don't shake it at me. You never do that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That, and that's why. <laughs> that's why you shake it at yourself. Okay. Like, this isn't this isn't yeah. a prank. I'm teaching you. Okay. This is a life <laughs> this lesson. Is a You're welcome. Moment. I, I do this to everybody at the European bartending school. You're you're welcome. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> there, I mean, there's that. There's a, uh, uh, you know, uh, sometimes, especially if you have new people or whatever, you could send them to to teach them to learn their inventory and the things that we have. You could send them on a wild goose chase down the storeroom and dry storage looking for something you don't have. You know? Yeah, give us an example. Oh, is I it mean, so- you know? It could, it could be like a bourbon, you know, for example, you know, okay. uh, you know, I got this particular bourbon. This is what the bottle looks like. I just need you to go down there and find it. You know, it's really important. Like, please don't come back with it. I got, I know I have one of them down there. It's over there and they'll just be, and they're just so stressed because they're thinking, I just, God, if I, if I don't get it, then, oh my God, you know what I mean? And then they come back after like a really long time and they're so dejected and disappointed and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's just it. <laughs> See, I think I think this is even more cruel than the normal ones we get because we have yes, we've had so many people portrait. on the show that that will send people on wild goose chases, but for things that don't exist in reality. Like they will send them down <laughs> to go get a bucket of steam, right? Go get a left-handed a ladle, for right? Steam. We've all a heard left-handed them. Right. Ladle. What was the the uh, the martini dryer? Was one of oh, them. The, so, this, one of my favorite ones ever in San Diego, the Guinness Key, right? There's one Guinness Key for the whole town, and all the bars pass it around so, to unlock yeah, the Guinness yeah. keg. And so, the Guinness keg, you know, yeah. Things that oh don't exist, right? But you, so, but, you take but, it to a those... psychological level to break people trying to find <laughs> things that are real. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a like, whole other level. Yeah, because you could say, okay, so you didn't find, 
You didn't find Jefferson's reserve. You didn't find it down there. Okay. Well, what bourbons did we have? Do you even know? Well, we had uh, this one. Uh, well, we had uh, there, there was uh, a Logic Craig, there were Buffalo Trays. There were, you know, and it's like, oh, good. So now you know what bourbons we got. Well, wow. so it wasn't a waste of <laughs> this this is how you justify it this is how you sleep at night you're like no no, no i'm <laughs> teaching them this is all life lessons i'm trying it to actually help is a good a- way to learn if you're down there for 40 minutes staring at every bottle <laughs> you're gonna learn bottles, yeah. you're gonna fucking learn i'll tell you what <laughs> yeah because no, now that's, it's that's like great. you know what we got what we don't got for sure yeah do, do you that ever is, send them is- for any of those any of those crazy ones or like ask them to uh drain the hot water from the from the coffee machine, anything like uh, that? I have done that to someone before. I forget who it was. It was a long time ago. I just, it was a brand new, it was a server. It was a brand new server. Oh, God. It just, <laughs> it's, it's never ending. It's great. It's like... It just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't click. It just doesn't click. It's like, how long, dude? You know, I'm just like, I want to be there in that moment where they're like, this is not running out, you know, like the moment of high school when they realize there's no pool on the fucking roof. <laughs> like, there's no third floor. There's no pool up there. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. No. And we, we love that. We love this category. How about, and, how about for you personally, Rob, you know, I just, I feel like you've been in a, sorry, sorry, Mike, I know I'm on a go, bit of a delay go, go, here, go, but go, go, go. Rob, Good. for you personally, you know, um, how do you, what's one of the ways that you entertain yourself and just pass some time when you're slow? Is it really pouring yourself more into uh, the craft work and coming up with new recipes and refining the cocktails and organizing and labeling and, or, or is there something else that you do to maybe pass the time, a little game or something? Well, you know, when I, you know, initially, especially when you're, uh, uh, you have a downtime, you want to make sure everything is set back up. You want to make sure that, you know, the bottles you have, different things are filled. You want to make sure that you got a backup for this bottle that might be about to empty or if the bottle's about to empty and you're going to have to use the backup, maybe use this time to go get a backup for that backup. You know, you want to make sure your ice well is filled. You know, these are the moments you can have to take the time to do different things that will set you up for success in, like later. Um, or uh, I like to think about maybe cocktails that haven't made in a while. I like to do that. I don't know. I kind of like, like a nerd, you know, running like through to... your Rolodex. No, you didn't. You didn't get where you are by dicking around too much. I would have to assume. So yeah. So so it's like you know, I, I try to think about things, and I'm like, you know, oh, what what is this drink again? Or you know, sometimes I'll, I'll quiz my, you know, when I'm a bar manager. So you know, and to have um, experience as a bartender instructor, the bars I work at tend to hire a lot of newbies. You know, so. Therefore, I'll go like be quizzing them and asking them different things and trying to just help teach them about stuff. So you know, I'll ask them, how do you make something? Uh, you know, what's the process for that? You know, and I just kind of I use, I use the time to, to be teaching or mm-hmm. trying to make it fun. You know, like, you know, you got Cape Cod, Madras, uh, Bay Breeze, Sea Breeze. Cosmopolitan, all these things are vodka, cranberry, vodka, cranberry, orange juice, uh, sex on the beach, you know, and try to teach them in a way like, you know, black Russian, add this, white Russian, add that, Colorado Bulldog, sub this, mind eraser, you know what I mean? And just kind of. To try to help categorize it for them. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that in of it. That in of itself is a game, right? I mean, it really is. It's, yeah, that, it's it's learning games, you know, anything like that. I um, 
you know, one that we've been playing a lot recently, and and this is just Sharon is like, we've been, uh, you know, on slower days when we only have a couple customers in, we'll put on like old school uh, music, you know, some type of like yeah. 60s, 70s, 80s cut of music, and we'll play a yeah. game of you have to, the first person, patrons and uh, cut, uh, and employees have to blurt out what movie the song is from. Now, obviously, some songs are multiple movies, but first one to get a movie that that song is legitimately from, like, you know, wins a point. And we just, like, just little dumb games, but I love that. Any way that you can help your staff improve and make it fun and start to help yeah. kind of categorize and, and get them competitive about it is a great way to pass the time and make and yeah. make your staff better, too. So Try to, like, um, create good garnishes, stuff like that, you know. Yeah. I love it. And I know I was busting your chops, but even when you are – messing with people and pranking them a little bit you're still doing it in a way that it can still teach them something and yeah. help them learn more about uh the establishment that they're working at so i really like that it's awesome yeah. I, all try, right. I try because it's like i've been fortunate to go all around the world with, with this and like i don't know how to do too many things well in this life and this one has taken me a lot like a lot around a, a lot of different places and it's, it's a lot of little things that, that separate like when you get to a certain level, everyone's really good. Everyone knows these recipes. Everyone, you know, there's really only like, honestly, like 20, 30, 20 to 30 recipes you absolutely need to know. And once you have those, then you're just kind of like refining some different stuff. different stuff. So what separates, you know, this person from that person? And this is like a lot of little things, you know, so. Labels out. Yeah. <laughs> i'm serious though it's those the no, way you do the little right. stuff is the way you do the big stuff man and when you yeah. take the time and care it's gonna affect your entire not your, your your life the way you do those little things really makes a huge difference you know i say look before before you ring the bell look i say definitely when you have a display the first row needs to have the labels out but i'm so weird it, even when I start, every single bottle I put in there has the label for it. It, it just, just, I just put it in turn, put it in turn. It does help you 10 okay, bottles next. in when you need to pull one. <laughs> I'm with you. Dude, Look, man, okay, I'm wait, no, this is a perfect, this is a perfect question. Shut up, Steve. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> so do, do any of your coworkers ever intentionally twist the bottles around just to fuck with you a little bit? I feel like they do or, sometimes because yeah. I feel like they do. Cause like, especially if I, since I don't drink a lot, I, I'm, I'm kind of, when I'm not working, I can be guaranteed mostly to never be in the bar. So they know if he ain't working, he ain't going to be here, you know, because mm -hmm. he don't really drink that much. So uh, they can get kind of a little bit lax or whatever. So if I happen to pop into the bar, you know, I was walking by or something like that, and I'm just talking to you, and I'm like, oh, hey, hey, Mike, hey, Steve, how's it going? Hey, hold on. Why is that a little bit? You need to turn that label that way. Now, why is that force spout facing the opposite direction? They need to all be uniform this way. You know what I mean? And it's like, dude, how many I, times do I have to explain this to you? <laughs> I wouldn't say it if you would just do it right. Man. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you are welcome to come work at Das Beer Hall anytime you want. We have 250 different beers in bottles and cans, and it is a bitch stocking, organizing, labels facing oh, yeah. out. All the different categories, yeah. all the different coolers. So you would be you would be well loved in that environment, let me tell you. <laughs> All right, final question, number 10. Firing and quitting stories. Rob, you've made it to the end of the gauntlet, and now I want to hear the story 
mysteries about amazing 86s, right? This is when somebody's gotten fired in a blaze of glory or quit in a blaze of glory. We affectionately call this category, Michael. Getting 86'd. That's right. So tell us about what you have seen in the business. Well, uh, I worked at a place in Idaho about an hour north of Boise in a town called Sweet. It's only got one restaurant. So <laughs> if you Google Sweet, like 400 people live in Sweet. So if you Google <laughs> Sweet, you'll be able to know <laughs> what the place is. Is this the but, same um, spot you worked with your buddy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, cool. they're from Oregon. And then again, actually, it was three of us. It was me, the bartender, and the, the chef. We all had worked at Flat Tail Brewery in Corvallis, Oregon. And then we all worked at this place in what, Idaho. What brought you all to Idaho? Well, it's it different. Like, one of them moved first because his uh, wife got a job at Boise State University. And he's a bartender. So, you know, you go with the professionalism. Yeah. You're, you have an actual career. And I you, can can bartend, you can bartend anywhere or at the one restaurant that town has, at least. Yeah, you know, so he they moved to Boise, and then after that, uh, the other the chef moved, and then uh, I was just in town for like a couple months, and they were like, "Dude, you should come visit." And then I was like, "Well, why not come visit? I got two months. Maybe I'll just come there and look for a job, you know." And then um, the chef got me a job at the place, and then I got my bartender mentor Griff. I got him a job there as well. So um, we were all there, but this place was like a crazy, crazy, crazy place, and it, it was built by the owner. He built it by hand, which is amazing. But he was a butcher. He comes from a butcher family. And they never, he never worked in the service industry because the, the restaurant, it didn't make any sense. It was like the kitchen where the cooking was over here. But then like way over here and around the corner is where the walk-in was. Like, oh, that doesn't even make sense. Right? <laughs> and then like all the feats were upstairs. So I'm like, you want us to carry trays and do all, and go upstairs 75 flights of stairs in 75 on my Apple Watch. I'm like, this is crazy. This is like the weirdest blueprint ever. So anyway, everyone's like sick and tired of this place, right? You know, and the guy, the owner's not a bad guy even, but it's just oh, terrible, terrible design. And uh, this one chick, her name was Amanda, uh, and she was. I just can't take it anymore. I can't take it. She just had like a major malfunction. She was like, this is the worst place I've ever worked. And I just. <laughs> a malfunction, not even a meltdown. The stairs, a the stairs got her. <laughs> she, just, she just peaced out. She was a bartender. She just left. She just literally left. I was like, wow, you're leaving right now. Like, <laughs> Was it a busy night? Was it just like right out the That's door? Crazy. The yeah. Door? Because I mean, it's always a busy night. It's a really, really fancy place. And, you know, like. People are flying in. They have a whole helicopter experience. Like you can fly into the restaurant on a helicopter. What, and what kind of fucking your, place is this? This you have is your absurd. Own private, yeah, you have your own private helicopter pilot who just hangs out while you eat. You're having your tomahawk steak and everything. And then you get back on a helicopter and they fly you back out. Like, I mean, it is one of those places. So, yeah, wow. it was a really, really, really expensive mm. and nice steakhouse. And so it was just like, you know, people walking out. Um, you know, I've had different places I've been where people go to jail, people get arrested at work, people, one guy. That's getting 86. One guy, <laughs> yeah, one guy uh, crashed his car into the bar, the DUI, like into the bar. Like, he crashed into, into the, he the bar? At? That he worked at? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, he was. <laughs> he was, was, he at le was he at least on time for his shift? <laughs> no, so like, he, when we were, there was a guy I knew and, so he he was like a bad alcoholic, and he would close a bar, and he would just drink himself. Like, 
He wouldn't invite nobody in. He would just oh, literally yeah. just be sitting at the bar. I know these drinking guys, yeah. all by himself. Right. And so when he finally goes to leave, he gets in his car and he was trying to reverse, but he wasn't in reverse. And he went forward and like just boom, right into like the side of the bar. Like a whole day. And it was like next to it because, you know, we had like a, like a garage slide down door. And it just right, boom right. right into that and big dent and everything. And it was like, oh, yeah. Did he take I, off in his you car? You can't have that fixed by 11 a.m. Did you guys find the car there the next day? Yeah, no, no. Then he went to leave and, you know, he got caught. I don't even know how he got caught, but oh, he, he got caught. It would be I mean, he's running into long. buildings, for God's sake. He was probably right. an it easy target at that point in time. <laughs> It just would be great if the opener came in for the next day and there he is asleep at the wheel halfway in the building. You know what I mean? That would just be epic. Epic. You know yeah. you're fired, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're yeah, you're done. You know what I mean? Um, I've seen people get fired for like like stealing, drinking, like like literally you're going to walk in and you're trying to figure out why there's like empty bottles of wine hidden in corners mm. and crevices and like what is going oh, on yeah. here, you know. Like, Stuff like that. People have been arrested at work. You know what I mean? Different things they got going on. And it's like, no, the cops are outside. What? What are they here for? <laughs> for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it is. This is That's the industry, cool, though. Man. You know, it's, it's, it's all type of crazy stuff. It's volatile. Yeah, yeah it's volatile. Well, and especially and people now got their job back. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, I, our, one of our other theories on the show is you don't really work somewhere in the restaurant business until you've been fired and brought back or quit and brought <laughs> yeah. back. You know, yeah, that's definitely. how you know. I mean, look, look, check it out. I worked at a place one time. <laughs> Won't say where. It's in my book. Though. But um, the guy, the guy who, who owned the place, obviously owned the place. He had, he had a lot of money. He had a house that was just sitting empty. I'm just completely empty, and I was going there, and he was like, hey, you know, uh, you're looking for a place. I actually have a two-bedroom house. It's just empty. I've already paid the whole year, lease on it and everything. If you want, you can move in there and just put the utilities and stuff in your name, and everything's going to be fine. And I'm like, cool. I mean, that's cool, you know. So then I'm trying to, like, hey, like, how much do I owe you for rent and stuff like that? Ah, you know, we'll talk about it later, I'll, you know, because my money is insignificant to him. But it means something to me, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, I like pay you for this, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out later, whatever. Anyway, um, we ended up having a falling out, and uh, then he wanted me out of the house. Well, I was like, well, I'm here to a certain amount of time, so I'm gonna leave, which was always my plan. I'm gonna leave on this date, and this date is just like maybe two weeks after our falling out, where I don't work there mm -hmm. anymore. And he's trying everything he did, can to get me out. You know, he's like, he never paid rent. He never did this. He's not there legally and all this. And I'm like, dude, oh, man. utilities are literally in my name. Like, and there's squatters, right? There's all types of stuff. Oh, yeah. There's no oh, yeah. legal way you can get me out of this place before mm -hmm. I need to leave. And I'm not even being mean about it. I'm like, look, it was super dirty when I moved in. I cleaned up everything. I'm not going to leave it in bad shape. I just have, you know, I cannot leave before this day. I'm not going to be homeless. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, threatening to call cops on me. Cops show up, everything. Well, he says you're not here illegally. And I'm like, dude, electric bill, cable bill, 
internet bill. I don't know what you want me to you know, show you guys. He's threatening me. I still have all the text messages too, all of them. He's threatening me, all this <laughs> stuff, right? Um, anyway, I ended up leaving right when I said I would. Everything was all good. And then uh, nowadays, I would talk to him. Oh, you know, if you ever want to come back, you know. You come oh, back. come on. Oh, man. Because my that buddy, is... my buddy works there. And, uh, you know, he's like, oh, well, I was, you know, I was sitting, having a drink with him. And he's like, dude, Rob's doing all this great stuff around the world. And if he wants to come back, you know, he can come back. And I'm like, you literally had to please show up to it. You were. Yeah. Did you guys ever have a clear the air moment where you talked it out or. Never. It just went never, from police like to man. come back anytime. Rest yeah, there was a time owners, where I, when I was uh, trying memory. to get my yeah, I was trying to get my taxes stuff, you know, because I was like, hey, I need to get my, uh, you know, my my tax information so I can file taxes, and uh, that was the next time I had spoken to him. I was just like, yo, just mail this tax stuff here so I can file taxes, and then that was it. And you know, it was just like, you know, dude, I was legit. I didn't mess up anything. Like I said, you know, I didn't leave it in the condition that the last people left it in. So, mm-hmm. you know, they were all trying to do all type of stuff. Well, well, maybe we'll call the Norwegian government and it will get your visa messed up and all this stuff. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're like trying to try to kill my life dreams because I'm going to stay here for two more weeks. You've already paid. You can't say you didn't pay because the rent's already been paid. <laughs> yeah, so. Anyway, it was a whole yeah. cluster. That's, yeah, that, there's, there's a whole lot of layers to that. I mean, number one, when getting 86 means possibly getting evicted, that's a whole <laughs> different level uh yeah we also have to be care you have to be careful when people who uh have any kind of control over your life at all want to offer yeah. you favors because yeah. it may seem nice in the beginning but just like with that situation if it turns Wait out bad quo, you baby. see the, you see the other side of that person and that favor turns into a problem so and they're just he just wanted me out just because i didn't work there anymore he didn't no one was moving in like you he had a lease for like this day for the whole year he had already paid for the whole year up front and was just using mm-hmm. his house for like different workers or whatever that came and it was sitting empty so i'm like you can't even say to anyone that oh he hasn't paid rent because the landlord has been paid the rent that so they've been paid mm-hmm. you could say i didn't pay you but you've already paid the rent so there's no legal thing it's just like a kind of a moral thing about me not paying you but i have tried to pay you and you didn't accept it at exactly the time. yeah you know what I mean? So you're like, oh, don't worry, don't worry. And then now, because I don't work there anymore, now you're like trying to ramp up getting me out of there. And you're right. just being spiteful, trying to make me homeless. It's just petty. I don't care. Just petty. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> my big my big question at the end of this story is, so when do you go back? Oh, I would never go back. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe, 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 maybe I, if I went back, ooh, if I went back, I'd be like, with a dime piece, copping off the helicopter or something, man. Oh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. You know, with oh, like oh, a mink oh, coat or something, you know. Only forward, baby. <laughs> only forward. Yeah, you know, I... my tomahawk steak, medium rare, man. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> that is the perfect Great. and fitting way to end the gauntlet, my friend. Um, just the visualization of you stepping off that heli in a mink coat is just fabulous um we have a few more things that we have for you before we get you out of here but man it has been a ton a ton of fun doing this episode with you and i hope you've had a good time as well um as always at the end of the night we got to clean up the bar so this is our cleanup section this is where you get to take over the show rob so what we want to hear from you are all different types of recommendations what questions should we be asking how can we be doing the show 
uh, uh, better or are there things that we're missing? Are there certain bartenders we should have on the show? Or, dude, just give us recommend recommendations for food and drink anywhere that you feel like we gotta gotta check out or the people gotta hunt down. Um, let's see. I mean, I've had a great time on 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 the show. I think it's fantastic. I think both of you guys are awesome. Yeah. You know, uh, thank you. So I don't really, I don't have <laughs> any you. critiques on that. Everything see, you guys do see, is amazing. Rob, this is this this question. I've wanted this question, this part of the question to die. Redo it, Mike. That's one. fine. This is, I just this didn't is know Steve's questions question. Questions He's like, we, it's him no, no. fishing. Like, are we doing okay? I don't want to hear about us. Fuck you. That's all. Hold on a second. <laughs> Fuck you. That's not what it's about. I didn't find. I didn't ask it. I didn't ask it well. I didn't ask it well. Rob, I don't want to hear about how awesome we are because we suck at this it took us 45 minutes to get microphones ready and our internet's been skipping out the entire time that's not what i'm asking oh that's the best you have that's such real. knowledge in this business Is bad there... audio quality content rob rob if you were hosting this show what would be would there be any other questions that you would ask people is there a question we're missing that's maybe a better way to put it if not give me recommendations on bartenders food and drink that we need to know about somebody that else that should be on the show you, um, did. you sent fuck me you, one. You, <laughs> you sent you sent me one. Who did you send me? I'm gonna check my phone the, right now. The cocktail queen, cocktail queen Sarah. She's a cocktail so, queen. So, you know, when I was in uh, Boise, I was interviewing some different bars, and this is a time in my life where now I've been in Europe and stuff like that. I had two months back in the states, and I really beefed up my resume. My CV was looking real nice. So I was feeling definitely desired by all the bars. So I wanted to go on every single interview, like a free agent. I wanted to meet with every single team, see what they were offering. Nice. And uh, I ended up meeting her and uh, her name's Sarah. She was a bar manager at this place in Meridian, Idaho called The Vault. I told her about EBS and I was like, dude, it's crazy. Like they're flying me all over the world. They're paying for my flights, my accommodation. They pay me a salary. Like I've been in all these countries. It's unreal just to teach people how to bartend. She didn't think it was real. And, uh, she did. She was invitation only, the instructor course, just once a year. And she was my invite for that year. And she went to the school in uh, Mallorca, Spain. And she's taught at the school in Cost Island, Greece. She taught the school in New York City. She's actually wow. here at the bar with me in Maine just for two weeks because she had time in between going to Thailand. That is and awesome. And she wanted to just bartend with me. I love and that. And I haven't seen her in person in two years. So that's why I said her because, like, she's from a small, small town. In mm. Idaho, where going to Boise was going mm. to the big city, and yeah. um, she's got a wealth of knowledge, and she's about to go to Thailand, to Phuket Island, and then go run to school in Sydney, Australia. And That's I incredible. Yeah, she's just it's, she's it's, amazing. it's incredible that just meeting you because of all the crazy experiences you've had, that you were able to help <laughs> help change the trajectory of this bartender's life, um, and she can yeah. travel. No, when you ask her, country. it's crazy. It gives me goosebumps. You know, you'll have her on the show, and you'll ask her. And she told me she and ah just like she was like Rob. Ever since I met you, my whole life changed. And I'm just like, what are you saying? That? <laughs> trying to give good vibes and tell you kind of some cool things. I've been working for me, traveling the world and stuff with bartending. And yeah, I mean, all I did was open the door. I presented mm -hmm. the door. That's I amazing. opened it, but she's the one that had to walk through it. Of course, sure. But you know, I, I guarantee after episode there are going to be so many bartenders salivating at the idea of being able to use this craft to be able to travel and do things like this so i think that's really cool that even you may have opened up the door for a lot of other people to look into doing something a little bit more with their bartending yeah. career 
Yo, I am legit. Like Rob does it all, and you can too. This gives me goosebumps. I am the only American in the entire country of Norway that has a skilled worker visa purely for bartending. Really? I have no Norwegian girlfriend, no Norwegian kids, not married. I didn't. I got a skilled worker visa as a bartender in the service industry. They said it was impossible. That's amazing. And, and you had to you had to get rejected twice in order for that to happen. <laughs> right. So, but this, this right. is for all the bartenders out there. You know, you can say, you know, bar school is a scam, and a lot of them are. Uh, but if you find a really good one, there's nothing wrong with improving your craft. You know, chefs sure. get cert- certifications, mechanics get certifications. These things show other people that you have a skill level. And when you start going into Europe and other countries, these are going to be the things you need to have if you want to get a visa. You can get a visa as a bartender to work in another country, but you're going to have to prove that you have some skills. Well, and maybe, maybe, maybe try and get visa before you go to the country. It might be a good recommendation, Definitely. right? So, I, okay, so here's, we got here's another one more, okay. one more. Can I get one more? Okay. Look. This is your show, man. Go for it. <laughs> one of the best bars I've ever been to ever. It's called Flea Sox 76 and it's in Gdansk, Poland. Okay. And it is unbelievable. Like, F L I S A K seven six. Gdansk, Poland. I mean, oh my gosh, the presentation of these drinks, the way they taste, the bartenders are so knowledgeable. It is amazing. It is like a high, 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 high class bar. But because it's Poland, it's super cheap. (laughs) 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 I was telling you, you you have seven cocktails and your bill is forty dollars. Unbelievable. Nice. That's awesome. I mean, I mean, you got like it feels like stealing, whoa. right? <laughs> Man, I mean, I I, ha- I can't say enough about this place. Like, they got this one drink called the goldfish, and you can eat the fish too. It's just that's all. I'm, I'm just leaving what's, it there. What's the fish? Okay, fine. We'll have to find. I, I was go. I was planning on on you know going over to Poland here this next weekend, so I'll have to check that out. Yeah, Definitely. eat the fish, bro. Just eat the fish. Take the fish. <laughs> Always, of course. Uh, okay, so eat then the other part food. of this question here. Give us your plugs. You've got a lot of stuff going on. Give us your socials. You've got a book coming out. Tell us a little bit about that, but tell the people all the different ways that they can follow you and the other projects that you're working on. Okay. So uh, I'm in a kind of unique situation. I think that like I was focused on branding even before I knew I was focused on branding because mm-hmm. everything labels out media is Rob does it all. Yes. Yes. Everything yeah. is Rob does it all. Just the way it looks on this screen right now, I don't know how it will look when you guys do it, but the way you see it, Rob does it all, all one word. That is literally my name on every social media channel that same way. It's the exact same way, all of it. Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Cash App, Venmo, all of it. Dot com. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And it's, uh, and it's robdoesitall.com as well, correct? Yep, robdoesitall.com. Got a blog there that's been read in 130 countries, something like that. Crazy. Nice. Um, and I got a book called My Beautiful Nightmare from the mm-hmm. Bottom of Prison to the Top of the World. And it's a memoir about my life. I spent five years in prison, a lot of different drug addiction, drug dealing, a lot of different things I overcame. And this was all before I started traveling. So I got six felonies, everything is crazy. And I, I've managed to create a life for myself. Um, and yeah, I got this book coming out and uh, it'll be out hopefully next year and um, 330 something pages. I wrote it all myself. No ghostwriter. No ghostwriters, Tim. Yeah. I wrote it. You know what I mean? Not a lot of people write their own books. I've, I've come to find out, which is very, mm. very simple. But yeah, so um, 
that's oh, pretty that's... much it, man. You know, you can follow me. Rob does it all. Yeah, check out the episode description because all of Rob's links are going to be right there for you to click on. Uh, and I love that. And I can't wait to have you back on to maybe dive into a little bit more of your story, um, you know, without, you know, focusing so much on the bartending because it, it's it's inspiring. You know what I mean? To see, you know, to, you know, the adversity you've gone through in your past, not letting that yeah. define your future, but deciding that you wanted something yeah. different for yourself and going out and achieving it. I, I really, really love that. Yeah, I think a lot of people just feel well, weighed down right now by life in a lot of different ways. Um, some of it is yeah. career, some of it is bad decisions they've made. Some of it is just the circumstances coming out of COVID. But um, yeah, you know, making the choice to take uh, take a hold of your time and what you wanted to do, and continually like just power through despite the constant yeah. constant setbacks. Um, well, it's, it's really think- inspiring, and I can't wait to talk to you more about your book. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could go on, but I but, uh, we'll, we'll save it for another time here. Because we do have, what do we have next here, Steve? We have the tip out. This is the final <laughs> question, Rob, and we are going to get you out of right. here. It, you have been so benevolent with your time, and I know we've gone a little long, but thank you very much for being patient tonight. Uh, the first question, and we asked this kind of in jest, but kind of for real. Why do you still do this, a.k.a. why do you hate yourself? Oh, gosh. Um, because this has been the way to travel. This has been a way that has taken me all over the world. I don't have a degree from university. I played sports in, in college, but I've had five knee surgeries. Uh, you know, and I got six felonies. I've been in prison twice in five years, paroled directly from solitary confinement. And this is what I'm really good at in life and what has opened up a lot of doors for me. And so... Mm-hmm. Basically, until my book take up, look, I'm gonna be the new Anthony Bourdain. Is that you know? But I'm gonna be the new black Anthony Bourdain because I'm gonna (laughs) I'm gonna take my memoir and I'm gonna turn that into a travel show. I'm gonna travel the whole world talking about bars and restaurants. It's gonna be lit, and CNN is gonna give me money to do it. And then I'm not gonna bartend no more. Then I'm gonna have a family, have a wife, and I'm gonna get cool with that. But until then, you know. I love out, out of out of courtesy. I would always tell anybody that I believe that, but truly, after getting to spend some time with you, I genuinely genuinely believe that, and I wish you all the, the, the one, luck man. in the world. Yeah, because I would I, I would watch the that. The book is the key. When that becomes a New York Times bestseller, that's going to be the influx to give me money to do different things. Talk. I want to talk mm-hmm. to prisoners, people coming out of jail and prison. I want to give them hope that they can still live yeah. a good life. You know. And, you know, I never traveled anywhere you, until I got out of prison. So yeah. you seem to have this later, innate man. ability to to visualize the th- things that you want. I mean, we've we've talked about it for the last three hours about you kind of setting a different path and then making that path a reality. So I, Mike's right when you when you say that, man. I I have so much uh, pride and confidence that you're going to get there. And I and man, I just appreciate you sharing some of your story with us tonight. So, well, yeah, um, I think it's Mike. Cool you want to take us uh, on with? Sure. Oh, God. I was just going to say, I think it's cool, too, because it's uh, just well with your story. It's not just being able to explore and share things with people, but really being able to um, offer some guidance and some inspiration to people yeah. is so important. Just yeah. I know it's not the exact same thing, but just like with uh, Cocktail Queen, you literally changed her life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think that's really awesome. I'm, I'm really excited to continue to follow your story um and excited to have you back on to talk a little bit more about this but yes this is the last question right god we haven't done this in forever there's not a third one right 
we're, right. we're a little if, off our game, if you couldn't tell. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> our final question here, if you opened up a bar, what would you call it or what would the theme be? And I guess also where would it be would be an interesting question for you as well. Oh, man. Man, if I opened up a bar, what would it be called? Or, or just the general theme of it, you know, kind of what, what's, what would be your vision for that? You've you got, know, you've got a billion dollars to get from the book sales. You travel in the world, <laughs> doing whatever you want. And the people are demanding that you have a bar somewhere. I just, I honestly, know, I if, if, if I were to, if I were to think about it, the, the first thing that comes to my mind would be probably to name it after my mother. Uh, her name is Marlena. So I would, I would name it Marlena's. And uh, she didn't even drink that often, actually. She likes Amaro Sour, which is like, not even a <laughs> It's like, no, I'll be <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, I would probably her, name yeah. it Marlena's. And I, I'd want it to be, um, you know, a nice place, not like super duper upscale, but not a dive bar, you know, something is, you know, a, a nice place to enjoy good cocktails. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd probably prefer that it be like, like, a, like a smaller place, maybe, you know. Um, that way you don't have much overhead and you don't have too much money to spend about, you know, just like a nice, not a speakeasy, but somewhere in between. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something gotcha. like that. But a more intimate place where you can show you can showcase some good cocktails, but you don't have this gigantic, extravagant kind of experience. Yeah, I think I think that would be something that I feel like that's sustainable. That's something that you could sustain yeah, over time when it when something it understated popularity. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Because you know, you you have this big grand thing, and you try to have like chains and all this stuff, it, it could fail. If you just have something mm-hmm. that's just gonna weather the storm. Something that's dependable and reliable that people know they can go and they can get great cocktails, keep your overhead low, and keep the experience high. I think that's going to work. Is there I a particular? It, is, it, is this bar going to be in Norway or is there a place? Uh, you know, I, I I would love for that to be. Uh, Norway kind of has a different thing with uh, alcohol laws and rules and regulations about you know you can't have so much alcohol and drinks and things like that. So, um, I don't know. Probably, probably not. That I don't. I don't think Norway is a place to open up a bar or to do anything with <laughs> alcohol because you can't you can't promote alcohol. Like you can't say, "Hey, come to." I got a new cocktail. You can't do none of that social media. Like really, you no. Know, so huh. no, it's like crazy. Super, super illegal. So I don't think that's the place for that. Norway is the place I love. Is like I want to like live and raise my family and be safe. No, we want to be drinking and stuff, but that's got to be in America. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Well, there's, you can there's, split there's, time. There's, it's fine. <laughs> well, well, Rob, thank you again, man. It's been a ton of fun, and we're going to have you back on soon. But uh, have a wonderful night. Let's raise our glasses one more time and say skull. And skull. Cheers. I, know they're, I know they're empty, but skull. Oh. Yeah. Thank you, Barflies, for listening. Until the next installment of the Bartender Rand Podcast. As we always say, fuck off. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening along and thanks for drinking along. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, we release new episodes. We do. We, we do release new episodes. Sometimes. <laughs> Big shout out to our friends over at Trauma Parlor who sung Fast One you heard throughout the show. Go check them out. They're on Facebook. They're on Spotify. Show those motherfuckers some love. 
No doubt. And if you want to be one of our regulars, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. I think we might have a TikTok. I'm not sure. But <laughs> all of the handles are at BRP Drink Along. You can listen along anywhere you get your podcasts just by searching the Bartender Rant Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review because this is the best way to help us grow the show and reach new listeners. The more ratings and reviews, the faster we climb up the charts. And honest to God, people, Mike and I are crumbling, okay? We really need your personal validation. I mean, it, it really does help. I can't tell you how much when somebody messages us. They're like, hey, we love your show. We're like, oh, thank God. I guess yeah. I guess we'll keep doing it. We've hit rock bottom. <laughs> Mike defaced an oven the other day. I... <laughs> Bonus content, okay? <laughs> Bonus content. I, I'm not don't, saying. I'm not saying. And don't forget, if you are a Spotify user, be sure to check out the BRP playlist on our Spotify profile. We've got some really cool playlists on there for you, including BRP Industry Night, and those are all songs chosen by our different guests. So every guest gets to pick three songs. They're all added chronologically. So that way, if you really resonate with the guest, you can get on that playlist and you can see what kind of music that bartender is into. And then you can check out the other fun playlists we have on our profile as well. No doubt. Mike, I don't know about you, but when I'm a fan of something and I want to rep that brand, I like it when they produce some kick-ass swag. How about you? Do you like kick-ass show merch? Yeah, yeah, I do. Do, do you know if there's any kick-ass BRP show merch? We actually have some. Check out of all of our amazing swag. Wow, that, I just had, uh, I think I had a stroke. Check out all of our amazing, I was so excited about the swag, about the merch. Um, check out all of our amazing swag. Uh, the link is in the show description and on our Instagram page. And if you just want to hang out with Mike and me, join us the first Monday of every month for our virtual industry night happy hour. We're going to have some drinks. We're going to meet some fellow bar flies. We're going to listen to the guest bartender playlist. And you can tell Mike and I how much we suck at podcasting. Make sure to follow us on social media for all those links. Now, for all of you shit talkers out there, it's your turn on the mic. We've set up a bartender hotline called the Suggestion Box. You can call in and air your grievances. You can tell your bartending stories, or you can just rant about the bullshit that you have to put up with at your restaurant. Just dial 423-P-O-D-R-A-N-T and drop a line. Mike and I will play the best of the bunch and react to your crazy stories on a new bonus segment called the Suggestion Box. So the next time the bar business has got you saying, fuck me, just dial 423-P-O-D-R-A-N-T. Yeah, and I will Yeah, and I will say, uh, we've got some voicemails, and Steve and I are going to be together in September uh, in Baltimore, and I think we're going to record our first episode. So um, if you act now, you might Keep get to coming. be on that first episode. Uh, but yeah, if you guys like the show and you don't want to fucking give us $5 every month, I totally get that shit. If you want to support the show, if something crazy happens at work, you just want to bitch, call in. That gives us more content. It gives us more stuff to put out there uh, to you know continue to grow our listener base. So that's a great way you can support the show. And you can just bitch at us and, and get something off your chest. No. Um, now, furthermore, if you want to be one of our VIP listeners... Uh, please subscribe to the Bartender Rant Podcast on Patreon, where you're going to get access to bonus content like the Boilermaker tapes, Ranch versus Blue Cheese crank calls, uh, special releases, and things like uh, the oven debacle, <laughs> and, the, and uh, of course, the suggestion box. And if you want to so be a big more. dipper, aka one of our Bozells, 
Feel free to leave a tip on PayPal under the bartender rant podcast at gmail.com. If you do, we'll list you as one of our producers and shout out your drink of choice. Guys, a huge shout out to our wonderful executive producers. You heard their names and their drink of choice during halftime. We could not do this show without them. They're the best executive producers in the whole goddamn podcast business. Um, if you didn't listen to halftime, shame on you. Or, or maybe you were just taking a big old shit. But look, rewind. Jesus. Give them a listen. If you want your name and your drink of choice, shout it out. Leave us a tip. Yeah, come on. It's cool. You can, you can send us a couple bucks and we'll put your name on an episode. That's pretty neat, no right? No doubt. And you will be the special producer for that episode. Look, guys, Mike and I do this because we love the industry and we want to bring you great content. But this is not our day job. With your help, we can keep the stories coming and interview local bartenders from coast to coast. And as always, don't just listen along, drink along. If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Their National Helpline is free, confidential, 24-7, and 365 days a year. Look, we love you guys. We really appreciate listening along, but more than anything, we want you to stick around. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, Please reach out to the International Helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you need just somebody to, to talk to or vent to, we're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast. And we want you to stick around. And Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. So thanks again, guys. We love you. And we'll see you on the next episode. Uh, dude, that is that is incredible. I love it. What uh, even though this won't be on the episode, what uh, was Alaska just another place that you'd always just wanted to visit? Is that what, what kind of what drew you up there? No, I mean with Alaska, you know, I was trying to plot how to get to Norway. I wanted to go to Norway. I was trying to figure out how to get there. I was trying to figure out nice. how I could make enough money all at once to get there. So I just I was always on Craigslist, and it was this thing through Goodwill, Goodwill job connection. Not even joking, like. The, like the goodwill where you give clothes right? mm-hmm. and um it said hey just some alaska opportunity we'll fly we'll pay for your flight to alaska you know the last frontier all these things selling you it was it wasn't that but it got me to alaska <laughs> and then i happened that was all <laughs> sales that was like a bait switch but when i got when i got to dutch harbor and uh, they had storms and stuff like that and i would just happen to be at this bar Kid you not, called the Norwegian Rat Saloon. I'm not even joking. What are the fucking odds, Norway. right? Dude, I'm trying to get to Norway. The bar is called the Norwegian Rat Saloon. And I just happened to be sitting in that bar. And these guys came in, a deck boss and the first mate. And they're like, man, like, who who quits a boat to, like the day before the season starts? Like, where are we going to find somebody to just go on our boat tomorrow? And I'm like, uh, hello? <laughs> right here. You know I, mean? I will I've go. never been on a Never been on a boat before. Never did. I never even seen Deadliest Catch. I don't. It wasn't. It didn't interest me because it wasn't like part of my life trajectory. Well, I'm gonna watch Deadliest mm-hmm. Catch. You know, 
And if I had seen it, I would have never done that job. Oh my god, <laughs> that job's insane. Is, is that what you did? Were you, were you were you grabbing? Yes. Oh my god! Yeah, it's, it's like the same thing, right? So, um, pot fishing when you're crabbing, you got pots out there, you know, mm-hmm. and like, you're just catching crab. We were doing the same exact thing, except in our pots, we were catching Alaskan cod. So we were like one of the only uh, pot fishing boats out there that wasn't doing, you know, crabbing. And mm. I just can't even believe it. I'm like, dude, I grew up in Herndon, Virginia, man. Like, I play. I come from a sports family, play sports. I never knew anybody who was a fisherman, even though Chesapeake Bay is not far away. I didn't know anyone. Right. My dad grew up in South Central. Well, Herndon, LA. Herndon's DC. Let's call. I mean, Herndon's the city, you know. And so, yeah, I, you, but, you wouldn't think that Herndon. exactly. That that's yeah, so exactly. foreign. Like, I, I know we're going to unpack some of that stuff when we uh, have you back on to talk about the book. For now, I okay, want to get yeah, into yeah. the gauntlet. No, I'm sorry. I was no, just – I was interested. No, in, it's fascinating. The, it's fascinating. Whatever, whatever the book is released, I, I would love to buy one. If there's any chance that you could sign a copy, I would I would yeah. really, really appreciate Rob, that. Because I'm, I'm, finding, I'm finding that the one problem with you is that we literally could go down any rabbit hole we wanted to. And, <laughs> so, and so I have to, unfortunately so – I have to <laughs> – and I love that about you. It makes you a great, uh, great guy to share a drink with, and a great guy to podcast with. But unfortunately, we're going to keep this focus to this right now. And I know that that's well, Steve, is like, Steve, Steve is like, hey, 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 Rob. <laughs> no, 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 not exactly. I this just want to you doing. This is what I, I want you to do. Okay. And I, I wasn't, I wasn't being, I wasn't being facetious. I'm serious. If we start no, to get really where we're tri- where we're tripping over each other, just power ahead because the people yeah, want to hear please. from you. Yeah. And we definitely are yeah, in a delay. No. I, I, I don't think it's on me because my internet's coming in. I don't know. Quick, it doesn't matter. It is, it what, is it what it is. is. We'll just do it. We're going to keep going. Let's do so, it. Just push power through it. Push forward. Let's I'm going to reintroduce, right. reintroduce the gauntlet really quick. And then, Mike, do you, are you ready for your banners? <laughs> yeah. The Norwegian okay. rat salute. That's, that's, that's awesome. a great name. That's a great name. All right. Crazy. All right. 